Tech Night Owl Live, the show for PC users who can handle the truth. And now, here's your host, Gene Steinberg. So this week on the Tech Night Out Live, we'll be featuring Kirk McElhern, sometimes on a rare, rare occasion known as Macworld's iTunes guy. Don't know if he likes the use of that term, we'll ask him. We'll also talk to Brian Chaffin of the Mac Observer. We'll talk about Apple's financials, how Apple wants you to state its product names to use them, all right? As if they have any control. This is the Tech Night Out Live. Okay, Kirk McElhern. Welcome back. And the first and most important thing we have to talk about, above the financials, above Apple Music and possibly a major overhaul, above all else, how Apple wants you to use its product names. How dare they? Well, so this this started actually last week. Phil Schiller on Twitter explained to people that Apple product names should never be plural. So you don't have two iPhones, you have two iPhone devices. You don't have two Macs, you have two Mac computers. This is just kind of ludicrous. It's like, yes, I have three Apple Watch wrist computers in my house. I have a better idea. Do you know where you can go, Phil Schiller? I think you can go to a place that's very hot and very well, red. Well, I'm, I'm more polite than you about these things. I, I understand that this is Apple's internal way of addressing this. And so I posted an article on my website making a link to Apple's style guide. And, and this, was, this is their internal style guide. So it's mostly for their employees and for companies that work with them, explaining which words get capitalized, whether you use a hyphen between, I don't know, recently done or whatever. It, it's full. It's like 200 pages. One of the things they talk about is pros, but another thing they talk about is the way you're supposed to use its product names. So there is no such thing as the iPhone in Apple. There is iPhone. There is iPad. And and you'll notice this if you think back to the way the executives talk about these products on stage. They talk about them as if the product name is a proper noun. It's not the gene. It's gene, right? So... Tim Cook will be up there and saying, iPhone now has the best camera. He'll never say the iPhone. I've heard this, by the way, and I stubbornly resist using it because this is market speak. I could care less. Well, it's not only this marketing speak, it's just wrong as far as English is concerned. Now, they have the right in their internal style guide to do this and in their documents and their help files and, and all that, even though I've found a great deal of inconsistencies in their support documents. Uh, not everyone obviously checks the style guide. But the way Phil Schiller was, yeah, angrily tweeting to people about how you should never use a plural, it's just misguided. You don't rule the English language. You can have your own wishes for the way you want to talk about products, and you can be very strict about it in your press releases and marketing, but you don't rule the way people speak. What's really interesting is if you look at Apple's press releases, you'll see that they talk about iPhones. You'll see that they talk about, you know, they sold X million iPads and all that. So they break the rules as well. As I said, it is totally absurd, totally foolish, and it makes Apple seem as if they are above us. You know, there's something so special and proper about the name of an Apple gadget that how dare you say the iPhone instead of iPhone or iPhone devices or iPhone tiddlywinks. Okay, I'm going to call them iPhone tiddlywinks from now on on the show. 
And you have multiple iPhone tiddlywinks, and there are several different models of iPhone tiddlywinks. No, um, I have only two iPhone tiddlywinks in this no, family, I'm, I'm mine and my wife. She has one tiddlywink, and I have just a tiddly. Yeah. You know, there's, there's internal and there's external. I've, I've worked with companies that have style guides, and you respect them when you're inside the company. But you don't try and force people outside the company to use your terminology because it's just counterproductive. You don't try to tell people how to use language. It's just a little bit overbearing. And I'm just looking on Apple's website where they're talking about um, the iPhone, and there's a paragraph that begins, the original iPhone introduced the world to multi-touch. Now, according to Apple's style guide, it should be, well, I guess because there's an adjective. Um, I'd have to check the style guide for the adjective, but I would say it should just start, according to Apple's style guide, it should just start, iPhone introduced the world to multi-touch. But, right. you know, it's, it's, I, I really posted this as a joke, but also to point people to Apple Style Guide, um, which has a lot of interesting information, actually, about the way uh, Apple deals with things. Uh, you know, terms, um, capitals, they don't capitalize website, they do capitalize internet. And I think we saw was that the Associated Press recently said that they won't be capitalizing internet anymore. I agree with it. Um, the internet has become ubiquitous. It's no longer, while it is one network, it's no longer just one network, if that makes any sense. It's the network. Um, so it doesn't really need to be capitalized. But yeah, um, go, go to my website and look at this article and you can um, click through to see this style guide. It's really detailed, as it should be for a large company. Um, I promise you, I promise you, I will never read it. I will never look at it. I will never refer to it. I will hear them say it, and I will ignore it. So there you go. That's why we say on the Tech Night Out Live, you never know what's going to come next. But let's go on. This is getting to the point of absurdity. It's like the absurdity that Apple is on the ropes because of whatever problems they have now and because of their financials, or that Tim Cook's got to go. Get rid of that guy. So you have an article here, which I'm trying to figure out the relationship here, but I suspect there is called State of Apple TV Apps Six Months In, Marco.org. Who is that? That's Marco Arment, who's a, a developer. He's the guy who created Instapaper and Tumblr, and his current product is the Overcast podcast app. Marco had an article about the Apple TV and the fact that the whole big revolution of the new Apple TV was apps, and we haven't seen too many of them. But one thing he pointed out, which is what I quoted from his article, is he says that Apple TV, Apple Watch... I note that he is using Apple's correct style. And I quote, I'd say Apple TV, Apple Watch, and Apple Music all suffer from the same issues facing many Apple products today. Visual design takes too much priority over working well, which, you know, we've seen this for several years, and this probably started with iOS 7, right, when Johnny Ive got involved in the design of iOS. Ship dates are more important than ship product quality. You look at the Apple TV and... It wasn't finished when it shipped. You look at the Apple Watch, and even now, a year later, third-party apps are just disastrous, and people just don't really use them. Apple Music, well, they should have done better because they've got experience in this, but there was just news the day that we're recording this show that they'll be revamping the Apple Music interface and presenting it at the WWDC in June. Um, but two other points, insufficient resources that Apple... Wait a minute, Apple isn't it redesigning Apple Music interface rather than the? It could be. Folks, I'm not gonna, I am no, no. not going to I'm look. Not gonna, I'm not going to fall for that. 
So two other points. Insufficient resources as Apple spreads itself very thinly. Now, was it iOS 8 with, where they had to delay the update to OS 10 because they didn't have enough developers? It may have been an earlier release, but I understand the point. Yeah. So now, now what's the relationship to this, uh, to the financials that you were mentioning? Um, the, the people who matter in terms of a share price, they're not individual investors. They're pension funds, mutual funds, head funds. They're, they're you know big institutional investors. And these people listen to analysts. Analysts are seeing that Apple, sure, they sold a few less iPhones. They still made, I don't know how many billions of dollars. What was it 10, 50 billion, 10 billion in profit? I don't even know it's so much. Well, they the profits were over 10 billion. And the thing to bear in mind here, which is which the is, most important thing, is that it's far, far more than Samsung. And most companies don't make profits on smartphones. Sure, so sure. Apple is number one with 90%. Samsung's number two with, what, 10, 11%. And then the rest are just breaking even or losing. Yeah, but the, the point is that I think analysts are seeing that Apple's not introducing breakout new products. I mean, Apple's been on a roll since the iPod and then the iPhone and the iPad. They're not introducing breakout new products. The products they're introducing, Apple Watch and Apple Music, for example, aren't finished. And these analysts are looking at the long-term value of a stock. They're not looking at it, you know, what is it worth today if I buy it today and sell it in a week? We have to break. We'll have more with Kirk McElhern on the other side. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Technology Alive. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap, but not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com slash host. Once again, that's technightowl.com slash host. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. You're fired. According to the Small Business Administration, 75% of small businesses plan to eliminate jobs or reduce workers' hours to part-time. You're You're fired. fired. According to Gallup, the unemployment rate recently jumped to nearly 9%, and the underemployment rate hit a staggering 17.9%. You're You're fired. fired. One out of three young adults and one out of two recent college graduates are underemployed. Hello, I'm Keith Abel, a pharmacist and a home business entrepreneur. In 2011, I became one of those statistics myself. Instead of looking for another job in corporate America, I joined Dr. Joel Wallet, the Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy. We're creating steady incomes for ourselves and would like to show you how to do the same. If you want to supplement your current income, replace your income, so you don't have to become one of the statistics, then give me a call toll-free at 866-257-3105. 866-257-3105. You're fired. Don't wait till you hear those words. Start creating an extra income today. 866-257-3105.
Worried about lead, fluoride, and other contaminants in your drinking water? Purchase a ProPure system during the Crazy May sale and get a free ProMax shower filter or water filter pitcher. Remove up to 200 contaminants with the Pro1G 2.0 truly cleanable, reusable filter. We don't stretch our claims. We just deliver performance. Visit your authorized ProPure dealer for details or ProPureUSA.com. That's P-R-O-P-U-R-U-S-A.com. I'm Nick Soboleski, a select quote agent with a true story that could save you hundreds of dollars a year. A woman named Linda just called. Her husband, Ray, has a $300,000 group life insurance policy, but is changing jobs and can't take it with him. Well, I impartially shopped the highly rated term life insurance companies we represent and found Ray, who is 41 and takes medication to control his cholesterol, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $26 a month. That's almost twice the coverage for less than half of what he had paid. If SelectQuote hasn't shopped for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For your free quote, call 1-800-403-4885. That's 1-800-403-4885. 1-800-403-4885. Or go to SelectQuote.com. We shop. You save. Get full details on the example policy at slowquote.com slash commercials. Your price could vary depending on your health issuing company and other factors not available in all states. Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists, get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and sling bows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of Slingbow, a new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow night owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. We offer an enhanced version of this radio show, the Tech Night Owl Live. If you sign up for Tech Night Owl Plus, go to plus.technightowl.com, P-L-U-S.technightowl.com. We have Kirk McElhern. We're talking over the problems Apple is having. And the question I would have here is the fact that Apple's newest products aren't really, really super, super incredible in terms of their impact. You know, Apple Music, fine. You have Spotify, now you have Apple Music. Maybe the Apple Watch is better than other smartwatches, but to what degree? Things like that. Not turning the industry upside down like the iPhone, the iPod, and the iPad did. I I think it's safe to say that we won't see a product that does what the iPod and the iPhone did. We won't see it again. I mean, obviously, there are things that we can't imagine. I think virtual reality is promising, but I think it's overblown. I think home automation and HomeKit is promising, but I recently got some devices that work with HomeKit, and the whole thing is just really complicated and finicky. I think self-driving cars are a big deal, and if Apple is working on a car and it's a self-driving car, that'll change the world. It really will. But for now, we don't see that, and what we see is a company whose sales are slowly declining in a market that's becoming saturated. 
It's not offering any significant new features. You know, let's face it, the success they came out and the marketing was the only thing that changes everything. Whereas it's faster, it's the, the processor, the graphics, the camera's better and all that. But there were no new features other than, what, 3D touch and live photos. So I think what we're seeing is an understanding that we've been living through what some people call the third industrial revolution. It's very possible that this is ending and we're not going to see this meteoric growth that Apple's had. And I think analysts and big investors, they're factoring this into the value of the share. With Steve Jobs, there was always this gee whiz factor, wasn't there? Um, there was always this feeling that, yeah, this really is new. Yes, and even if the product wasn't that new, he'd make you think it was. And the products would work better, and the products were innovative, and we're not seeing that anymore. And I'm not blaming Tim Cook. You know, he took over in a difficult situation, and he's managing companies making more than any company in the world, which is enviable. And it's kind of a paradox that when you see that, a company is doing so well that their stock price goes down. But the stock price, again, it's factoring in the long-term value of a brand, of a company. Sure, Apple's made $10 billion in the last quarter, and they'll make $50 billion in, in the next year or whatever it is for the full year. But that number is going to start stagnating. And if Apple doesn't come up with new products, you know, this is a brand that needs to be cool. With the existing products, there's a point where what great features can you add to a smartphone anymore? You're getting to well, the point where you're kind thing. of running out of things to do unless you add something that is totally different, that totally changes the way such products are designed. Everything else is just, well, it's a little faster, it's got a few gee whiz thingies. There's only so, so big a camera sensor you can add. There's only so fast the processor can be. You're dependent on the network for a lot of the speed, so, so Apple can't change that. You know, I, I remember back in the days of the iPod, and I remember watching the iPod product line evolve as it started with music. It added photos, it added videos, and eventually it got to a touchscreen device after the iPhone came out. But once you had gotten to that point, there were no new types of media to add to the iPod, so there was nothing left to do. And, you know, if you look at iTunes today, ignoring the criticism, there's not a lot you can do to iTunes because there is no new kind of media. You may be able to improve the media that's used, so lossless or high-resolution music files or 4K videos, but there is not a new type of media, and I don't think unless they come up with really good holographic something or others, we're not going to see new media for our lifetimes. Well, the question is here is not what Apple could do to the iPhone. What is the successor to the iPhone? Where do they well, go that's next? It. That's the thing to build. So if Apple does build a self-driving car that's affordable, because here's the thing, when you're dealing with computers or phones or, or iPods, people are willing to spend twice as much for an iPhone as they would for an Android phone. But when you're dealing with cars, you know car prices better than I do. If a new car in your price range is, say, $20,000, you're not going to pay $40,000 for an Apple. So if they want to be really profitable, the breakthrough has to not be like the Tesla, which is a high-priced car. It has to be a low-priced electrical self-driving or whatever it's going to be. But I think we're still kind of far from that, um, the self-driving stuff, because there are all sorts of regulatory issues as well. We've reached a point in computing where there's not much left to do. And this all went very quickly, you know, from the mid-70s until now. This is about 40 years. 
and, and I would say it went most quickly in the past 20 years since the advent of the internet, but there's not much left. Computers can be smaller and thinner and wider and cheaper and storage can increase and things can be faster, but that, that's not what changes people's needs. It's not going to be a new device that people say, wow, I didn't know I needed that. Well, that's the thing. Where does Apple go? What do they do with the Apple Watch? That's version one. Do you make it a small cell phone, too? Do you add the cellular radio? There are rumors about that now. I there think are, I'm but that implies that you have a separate contract for that device. Um, if you're already paying one contract for your iPhone, you're not going to want to pay a second one for your Apple Watch. Or, assuming that the Apple Watch is standalone and you can have an Android phone and an Apple Watch, it's the same thing. You'd be paying two contracts unless Apple can convince carriers to make some sort of a grouped contract for the two devices. Or they sell it as a separate device. And maybe people who don't care about anything else and they want to use their Apple Watch as their smartphone. Yeah, I can't imagine that there's a big demographic who wants to use an Apple Watch as their smartphone. I mean, it is enticing. My son runs and, and he uses a Nike Plus GPS watch because he wants to, to map his runs, right? He won't use the Apple Watch because you can't map unless you carry the iPhone with you and he never takes his iPhone when he runs. He doesn't want to have that device with him. Um, so I think there's a small market in fitness for runners and cyclists and, and, and hikers, things like that. But I don't think the market for a standalone Apple Watch is that large. I mean, we're, we're seeing that the market for the Apple Watch itself isn't that large. The estimates are saying, what, about 11 million units sold. Um, if you consider half of those are just sort of people who were curious, I don't think that's very successful. All right, but remember, the big claim from Apple is that they sold more Apple Watches in the first year than iPhones. But as you say, what is the market potential of a smartwatch? Yeah, but, okay, 600 so million? That's, I think, crazy. You, you can't compare the iPhone. First of all, what was the launch price? Was it $800 or something? Um, second of all, it was exclusive to AT&T. So that was what percentage of the market in the United States. Third, it was a totally new device, and people hadn't, they had no idea about this. I mean, it wasn't the very first smartphone. You know, we had Blackberries before that. But it was the first mainstream smartphone. Um, it's not surprising it took longer to take off. In fact, it wasn't until the third year that the iPhone really took off. Let's talk further on our next segment. We have Kirk McElhern of Kirkville. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night How Live. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. You've seen crazy diets to lose weight. At GCN Team, our healthy body weight loss system simply neutrifies the body, bringing down cravings. It has been proven that nutritional deficiencies drive appetite for carbs, sugars, and fats. Lose weight the easy way. Find us at GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. Fighting cravings is a fool's game. Give the body what it needs to be satisfied. Again, 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. My dad was 59 when he collapsed from a heart attack late last year. Just this past August was when we spread his ashes on the St. Croix River. I loved my dad, but boy was he stubborn. He hadn't been to the doctor in over 25 years. His excuse? He simply couldn't afford it. 
He wasn't a rich man by any means. At less than $107 per month, libertyoncall.org would have been the perfect alternative for my father. Don't wait. Go to libertyoncall.org right now for not just your sake, but for the sake of your loved ones. Again, that's libertyoncall.org. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-704-6182. A Place for Mom offers free one-on-one advice from local advisors and a personalized list of senior living communities you can visit. If you have questions about senior care for your mom or dad, there's a place for answers, a place for mom. Call a place for mom in the next 10 minutes to get your free ebook on financing senior care as well as free information on senior living communities in your area. Call 1-800-704-6182. That's 1-800-704-6182. This is it. For the first time ever on this station, U.S. government gold offered at cost for only $139 each. With Wall Street suffering its worst start to a trading year in history, now is especially the time to be paying attention to gold. This first time ever, U.S. legal tender government gold offered at cost for only $139 each is from the U.S. Money Reserve. Call them at 1-866-944-GOLD. Gold is on the move, so don't miss out. For the first time ever on this station, U.S. government gold offered at cost for only $139 each. 1-866-944-GOLD or online at usmoneyreserve.com. Ask for a free 55-page gold buyer's book. Plus, get a free Walking Liberty half dollar just for reading this must-have book. Get your free gold book, your free half dollar, but most importantly, get your gold at cost for only $139 per coin. 1-866-944-GOLD. Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with ReputationDefender.com. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with ReputationDefender.com. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation. Reputation analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with ReputationDefender.com. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Or visit ReputationDefender.com. Live with Gene Steinberg, it's the Tech Night Owl, because you never know what's going to happen next. So the argument here is that the potential of the iPhone is larger. It made a bigger impact on the industry. But it was restricted at least the first year or two to a single carrier. And then it was expanded. 
Of course, Apple yeah, had pretty tight restrictions on that. Bear in mind also that when first introducing the iPhone in 2007, Steve Jobs said that by the end of the following year, they'd be happy to have 1% of the global market. They had rather modest expectations. Yeah, they have about 20% now. I, I saw an article just the other day, um, which we are in the Apple sort of echo chamber, so we don't realize that it's only 20% of the smartphone market. Um, but when you look at the number of countries in the world where people are buying cheaper smartphones, I mean, you get, a, uh, you get an unlocked uh, smartphone for, what, about $75 now, you know, an Android phone or even a Windows phone. Um, so, only three people buy Windows phones, and two of yeah, them work for Microsoft. Okay. I was actually discussing this with someone yesterday, and three of the top 20 selling smartphones on Amazon UK are Windows phones, and that really surprised me. I know that Windows phones are more popular in Europe than they are in the US. That surprises me. I hadn't looked at that. I assumed yeah. it was pretty dismal, but if they're doing well in just one country or one continent, it's not very good. No, and I think Windows phones aren't going to last for that reason, but... One of the big problems with the iPhone is the price. Now, we've seen them be a little bit more aggressive on price with the iPhone SE, which I love, by the way. I'm very happy to have a smaller phone again. Um, they're going to have to start competing on price. Apple can no longer be the premium brand. They may have to have a, a broader line of phones like Samsung does. I mean, you buy a top-of-the-line Samsung phone, it costs the same price as the iPhone 6S or 6S Plus, um, depending on the size. But there's a full range of prices with varying features because really very few people need the features of an iPhone. A lot of people can get by with a $100 or $200 smartphone. And if Apple ignores that market, um, they're going to be losing a lot of clients, not just sales, but clients, people who get into the Apple ecosystem. And I was very surprised in this earnings call where Tim Cook basically said that Apple was surprised by the demand for the iPhone SE. I guess I'm a little biased because I've been clamoring for a smaller phone, but I've been hearing from an awful lot of people, you know, emails, Twitter, Facebook, and all that, all my contacts. A lot of people, a large percentage of people wanted a smaller phone. And that Apple had no idea about this is really surprising. That they hadn't done the, the focus groups and the testing and the, and the surveying to find out how many people wanted these, that really surprises me. That shows a sort of groupthink inside Apple that we've got the right idea and we're going to be right. Now, naturally, they turned it around, but it took two years. You know, after it took the 6 and this, well, it took a year and a half after the 6 came out to come out with the iPhone SE, the smaller phone. But it really surprised me that Tim Cook admitted that they had no clue about this. Yes, it did. That really does. But the other thing is here is that maybe... Apple came to believe the logic that everybody wanted larger smartphones. And that's obviously something where marketing misjudged. Now, I can't expect perfection here. And he didn't say to the degree that they misjudged the demand. No, but, but apparently uh, all, all the rumors that come out about orders and, and subcontractors and all that say that the demand is outstripping um, capacity right now. And there are certain models that aren't available, I'm told, in stores online and whatever. I haven't looked recently. Now, they cut the price $50 compared to the iPhone 5S, which is, I guess, considered the immediate predecessor. So the new model is $50 less. Does that mean that when Apple introduces an iPhone 7, it will also be $50 less across the board? Is that one step 
moving in that direction? I think they may have to. Um, you know, I th- if I recall correctly, their um, mar- profit margins like 29% or something. I mean, that's wonderful for a while, but there comes a time when you do have to start competing on price. You know, if you look at the um, Apple Watch, it's been discounted in a lot of places, which is not something that Apple generally does. They are not a discounting company. They'll they'll sell the previous version of an iPhone, for example, um, but it's pretty rare that in the first year of a device, Apple is discounting it without a new one coming out shortly Afterwards, um, before the Apple TV 4 came out, they were discounting the Apple TV 3, but that was only for a short time. Also remember here that they just cut the price of the low-end models by $50 of the Apple Watch. And supposedly that really increased demand. That was according to one report. I don't know. But if it's 349 instead of 399 does that make so much of a difference? That's pretty significant for a lot of people. Um, I'm just looking on the Apple website, and I just picked at random Space Gray 64-gig SIM-free iPhone SE available to ship in two or three weeks. So there is a lot of um, demand for the iPhone SE that Apple's not able to meet right now. Just very interesting that this happened. Is that also serve as a wake-up call that Apple has to reposition its product lineup a little bit more? I don't think Apple wants to get into the business of selling cheap smartphones. But I think they, don't they have also to be cheap. No, they don't have to be cheap. They don't have to go down to the $100 smartphone. They have to be less expensive, I think. Um, you know, the, so this is the iPhone SE. This is a $500 phone, um, 64 gig SIM free. That's still pretty expensive for most people. I think they need to get an entry level iPhone below $300. And, and if you think of people now paying this off over, over two years, that's what, a little bit more than $10 a month? Um, that is a lot more affordable than what is it six ninety nine for the um, for the iPhone success. I mean, it, well, it's the just... other option would be to have continued to sell the iPhone five S for two ninety nine. Yeah, but the iPhone five S is an old model. It's an archaic model. Yeah, but let's face it here: the cheap smartphones aren't necessarily cutting edge either. They just devices for people who want something cheap and it works. Yeah, and and the 5S will be fine. But so here's the problem. Um, Apple is the only company that makes smartphones um, where you can pretty much upgrade to the latest version of the operating system, your smartphone, if you bought it in the last three years or so. And if they start dragging on with an older model, that won't happen. And since, since there's a tight link between the software and the hardware, Apple always wants these devices to be upgradable. Unlike Android, I don't know, 60% of people are on iOS 9 and 4% of people are on the latest Android. Kind Actually, of iOS 9, I think, is closer to 70 or 80% by now, really. Yeah, it, it's, it's as high as it's going to be, probably. Um, whereas on Android, since you depend a lot on the carrier if you buy the phone through them, um, you don't get the update as quickly. And I think Apple is much more concerned about making sure that people have the latest operating system, at least you know for as long as possible. So I can't see Apple dragging on the iPhone 5S for three years as a cheaper phone. Okay, believe it or not, according to Mixed Panel Trends, which is just a few points above Apple, the current migration rate of iOS 9... As of May 4th, which is when we're checking it out, 90.6%. No, I'm sorry. I, I can't believe that. Um, 
I know that Apple has it someplace on their developer um, website. And I'm looking to, because they redid the developer website, so I can't find it. Um, I'm pretty sure it, it can't be 90%. I don't think it was ever 90% for anything. Um, yeah, I, I don't see it on the developer website. They used to have a graphic um, with like a pie chart graphic, and they would show it. Uh, and they don't seem to have it now. If we, let's do it live here. If we look up iOS 9 adoption, um, 84%. I told you Mixpanel is only a few percentage points. Well, Mixpanel Trends reports 90.06%. But, you know, it really doesn't matter. That's still less than a 5% difference. I mean, that's a pretty high rate. You know what's pretty high also? We hope our ratings, but we haven't checked them out, at least in the last five seconds. We've got Kirk McElhern. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. Whether it's personal mail, whether it's business email, you want reliable, dependable delivery, freedom from spam, freedom from viruses. Well, Polaris Mail offers professional email hosting services for your personal or small business use. Each account uses 25 gigabytes of storage, an easy-to-use webmail interface, and full mobile sync. Sign up today for a 30-day free trial at PolarisMail.com, PolarisMail.com. A good stove is at the top of the list for any serious survivalist. That's why you have to see the full range at Emberlit.com. Simple, elegant, but extraordinarily efficient. Available in titanium or stainless steel, the Emberlit line of stoves are ultralight, pack flat, and work great. Fueled only by sticks and debris. From emergency situations to long-term survival, Emberlit stoves are up to the task. Emberlit, the most convenient, easy-to-carry wood stoves on the planet. See them all at Emberlit.com. Suffering from illness or disease? Frequently in pain? Overstressed? Always tired? The solution is to oxygenate your cells because disease cannot survive in an oxygen-rich environment. Introducing Vital Ion, the first mineralized edible oxygen in the world. Go to toolsforfreedom.com and get the Miracle of Oxygenation DVD free with any Vital Ion purchase. Call 800-770-8802. That's 800-770-8802. Let Vital Ion edible oxygen be your daily fountain of youth. So you've got to take a state construction license exam or certification. Can't decide on what books or what chapters to study? Discover right now how you can eliminate unnecessary books and wasted study time. At ContractorExam.com, our study materials zero in on state-required test topics in an effective, multiple-choice format. So whether you're a plumber, electrician, general contractor, or other construction-related trade, ContractorExam.com will help get you prepared. Visit us at www.ContractorExam.com today. 
My computer is so slow, it's making me crazy. I used to have that problem. Did you quit using a computer or, or did you buy a new one? No, I called Geeks on Site. They made an appointment to visit my home and showed up the same day. You mean they didn't ask you to bring your computer to a shop? That's what happened when I called a support company. Geeks on Site can go to your home or business or even repair your computer online. They have 24-7 emergency service. If you are having problems with your PC or Mac, call Geeks on Site. 1-800-591-1682. Our friendly certified computer Repair experts are available 24-7. Call now for a free diagnosis. 1-800-591-1682. Data recovery, virus removal, and maintenance for all laptops, desktops, printers, and networks. That's Geeks on Site for friendly, certified computer repair experts. Available 24-7 over the phone or in your home or business. Just call 1-800-591-1682. That's 1-800-591-1682. 1-800-591-1682. Paid non-attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. know what's going to happen next? Well, here's the Tech Night Owl, live with Gene Steinberg. So we were talking about here whether Apple can produce a cheaper iPhone, not $399, but $299, I suggest an iPhone 5S, and the point that Kirk raises is, for how many years will they continue giving it support for iOS? They've got to do it for at least three years. So they've got to have a model that they expect to keep available or current for three years. And the iPhone 5S, you assume it's got maybe another year or two, and then it's going to be left by the wayside, because right now, iOS 9 goes back to the iPhone 4S. So it's another two years if you go by that rate, that's not so bad. No, it's not so bad, but you know as well as I do that if you update a device that's, say, two or three years old to the current operating system, it's okay. When it's older than that, it's sluggish. Um, My it, wife has an iPhone 5C. It's running yeah. the latest iOS 9.3, and I don't see a problem with it. It works just fine. Okay. And remember, that's basically an iPhone 5. In a plastic case. Yeah, yeah. It's even it's older in terms of technology than the 5S. It's a year old, so it's four years old. But that's sort of getting border on. But that's um, fine. If Apple can do it for three or four years and maybe come up with a modified iPhone 5S for 299 I don't see a problem with that at all. Yeah, I don't think we're going to see the 5S lasting. The 5S is dead already, isn't it? Am Officially, it's dead. Apple could have kept it in the lineup for $100 less. They opted not to for marketing reasons, but right. I still think on the long haul, Apple has to go down that one additional step. Because look what happened with the MacBook Air. They made it $899, which is still pretty expensive for a PC, but $100 or $200 cheaper than anything Apple had sold before then. And I think that does well at the entry level, and that's the kind of space Apple is forced to be in, just like they sell older iPads to get to the lower price categories. 
I am very concerned that the iPad Pro, the 9.7-inch iPad Pro, Apple couldn't sell it for the same price as last year's iPad Air 2 at its original price. It had to go yeah. up $100. That seems a little much for me. Yes, it has a bit more memory. So that's $2 difference from yeah, 16 the, to 32 the is $2. The, the, display, the display is better. The display is a lot better. The sound is much better. One thing I use my iPad for sometimes is to watch videos in bed. We don't have a TV in the bedroom, and I don't want one. I do the reverse. I love having a TV in the bedroom because yeah, we have, see, we have one. only one TV. So there you go. Okay. But I used to use headphones, and now I just listen on the iPad. The speakers are excellent. They may not have as much bass as headphones, but you know, for watching like a TV show, it's not a problem. But they have a sort of a surround sound thing. A sort of like a faux surround sound that, that Apple's added. And it actually sounds quite good. And it's much, it's much nicer to watch something without headphones and with headphones, basically. Talking about the iPad line, they're still selling the iPad Mini 2 and the iPad Mini 4, and I think that's ridiculous to have two iPad Minis. You look at that, it's, and you think, if, if you're not one of us and you don't know what the difference is, you think, why are they selling these two? I mean, one's retina and one's not. I understand that. The U.S. price of the base iPad Mini 2 is 269 compared to 399 for the iPad Mini 4. That's a big jump. And frankly, if you need a tablet just for casual usage, you might want to buy the iPad Mini 2. But it's confusing to have that in the product line. It's confusing to have two different small models like that without uh, an obvious difference between them. Well, they could call it something different, I guess. Well, that's another thing. So we've gone from iPad and iPad 2, and then we go to the iPad Air, and we've had the Mini and the Mini 2 and 3 and 4, and the naming conventions aren't very logical. So now we've, we had the iPad Air and iPad Air 2, now we have the iPad Pro, and then we had a smaller iPad Pro, but it's still called an iPad Pro, and you have to call it the 9.7-inch iPad Pro because it's not 10 inches. The naming conventions aren't what they used to be. You had the iPod and the iPod Mini before they changed to the iPod Classic. Um, and then you had the Shuffle. You never had any problems with this sort of confusion that you do now. And it's the same with the phone. Why do we have a 6 and a 6S? Why do we even need a new phone every year? That's a serious question. Maybe Apple shouldn't be releasing a new iPhone every year because people don't upgrade every year. They generally upgrade every two years. Now, I know they've got this uh, um, iPhone upgrade thing, which allows them to upgrade every year, and that's locked Apple into a situation where people are going to expect a new phone every 12 months. I don't know if that's something that they'll be able to do for a long time. I mean, there's really no point in upgrading a phone every year. They could do it every 18 months. It would make a lot more sense because... You're not, as we were saying earlier, what features can you add? There aren't any. Part of it is because it's a fashion item and you got to have the latest iPhone to be, to be cool. But I don't think that's the majority of iPhone users. You know, let's raise the larger issue here, which is why did sales go down? Because the features aren't compelling enough? Because the prices were too high? Let's go product to product. Okay, iPhone. Sales are down, what, 12%, whatever it is. Why? Why? Um, it's purely mechanical, and I'm surprised that no one has mentioned this. If you remember when the iPhone 6 came out um, in Apple's Q3, which is the holiday quarter, right, September to December, um, it was the first time that a new iPhone was released in China at the same time it was released in the U.S. and the other sort of first-release countries. So there was a big bump 
in that quarter because of the iPhone 6. And when we came around to the iPhone 6, we're comparing year to year, same quarter, um, the sales were lower because you didn't have that bump. Previously, China got the phones the following quarter. And with the iPhone 6, they got them one quarter earlier. So that made a very large bump because Apple's been doing a big push in China. Um, because of that, that really skews the sales. If you were to, to, to take out Chinese sales and put them into the first quarter, I'll bet you wouldn't have seen a drop in this last quarter compared to the previous year, if that makes sense. Well, they made a big deal, too, Tim Cook, saying that, what, the migration rate, the upgrade take was more last year. But now let's talk about the Mac. This is the first time that Mac sales have dropped by more than a low single digit. You've seen maybe a 1% drop or it goes up a little bit. Now, again, it's a double digit drop, which is even producing sales lower than what IDC and Gartner predicted. In other words, Apple did worse. I had a guest on last week, Stephen Baker of the NPD group. And Stephen, you know, at his job, he's great. He's saying that people out there don't think the upgrades in Macs are very significant that Apple needs to really step up its game to get people to buy new Macs. Yeah, I, I don't think, as we were saying earlier, there's, there's not many features to add to smartphones. There's not really many features you can add to a computer these days to make it compelling. Um, I was talking with someone a week or two ago. Um, back in the day, I was a beta tester for a then fairly popular word processing app. Um, and this is iOS 9. And I remember that the company was striving to get the launch time down below 60 seconds. Now, so much has changed since then. You know, do you have an app that takes more than two seconds to launch on a recent Mac with an SSD? No, it doesn't happen, even with a Fusion Drive. Um, if you've launched it once before on the Fusion Drive, obviously. Um, you don't need to upgrade a computer unless you've broken it. There are no new features. They're a little bit faster. They're a little bit thinner. They're a little bit wider. Um, but there are no new features. You're giving us the same argument almost with it's, iPhones. There are new true. features, but they're so really modest that who cares? Who cares about 3D touch or live photo? Now, maybe if I'm a big photographer type and I like to take movies, 4K... Movie 4K making. video. It, that yeah, might be fine. 4K support. video. Because believe it or not, they'll use that in the film industry. I've seen entire episodes of TV shows done on iPhones. Yeah, it's, it's doable. But this is, you know, it's a rare case. And if it wasn't in an iPhone, that there are other 4K video recorders. That's not getting average users to buy an iPhone. You know, if you look at what, what's interesting when you look at the Apple, the, the Mac product line, is to look at what hasn't been updated in a while. The Mac Pro hasn't been updated since late 2013. Um, if you remember, it was like the last days of December because Tim Cook had promised it would be released by the end of the year. And some were available in late December, but then the, it, it took months before it really got into the channel. If you look at the um, Thunderbolt display, I think it hasn't been updated since 2011. I mean, now, that are, might be an issue because I think the DisplayPort standard had to be updated, and that's what Apple was waiting for, so they could have a 5K display that can be used on more than one computer. I don't know. It's just, it's just surprising when you look at it. It doesn't, it, it doesn't make sense. Um, the Mac Mini hasn't been updated in, well, let's see, October 2014 is the last update. I don't think that's a big deal. It's not a, it's not a big seller. Well, some would agree that it's actually a downgrade because they no longer make a model 
with quad core processors. You can't upgrade yep. RAM, can't upgrade but I, I'll RAM. tell you what yep. you can't do. You can't keep the segment running any longer. The computer's saying stop. We've got Let's more to come with Kirk McElhern on the other side of the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. When I was 15 and a half years of age, I had two large mercury fillings put into my teeth. I got very sick that day, and over time, the mercury exposure damaged my body. My sunny disposition turned to depression and low energy. Many years later, I understood what had happened, and in 1991, I replaced these mercury fillings with white composite. In 1997, I learned that the homeopathic mercury detox I did years earlier did not remove the mercury from my body. I began an effective means of removing mercury from my body. My digestion and elimination returned to normal, and I began to have my life back. From 1999 to 2005, I tested the level of mercury in my body, and each test showed my mercury burden was high. After five years on One World Way, I recently did another mercury test. The results showed my body is free of mercury and virtually all toxic metals. One World Way is very powerful for detoxification support. It has helped many, and it may help you. Call 888-988-3325 or visit OneWorldWay.com. That's OneWorld, W-H-E-Y.com. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So with Kirk McElhern, I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. So back to the Mac Mini, I argued that the last update took it down a couple of notches because you could no longer upgrade RAM and you no longer had quad-core processors. And these things, by the way, there are web hosts out there who offer these as web servers. servers. I even used one. What they did is they, they stuck on a virtual machine from VMware, a VMware virtual machine. I could install any of the control panels for a website. And it worked just great. The only concern I had is because there's no redundancy. Yeah. You know, so I didn't have an external drive for backups. They set me up with an external drive for backups. That was the one thing. But they made a pretty credible web server because normally when we have web servers, we're talking about quad-core or eight-core processors and lots and lots of memory, big blade servers, a little tiny Mac Mini, it worked beautifully. Yeah, it's a workhorse. And it's not something that most people need 
Um, I still have one. It, it, it runs as my home server. I bought it in late 2011, and I bought it with the Thunderbolt display at the time. I tricked it out to the max with an i7 processor, the fastest one, with an SSD and a hard drive. So I've got 750 gigs um, hard drive and a 256 SSD. This thing, it just keeps on ticking. So I use it as a server for Time Machine, for update caching, and I have a Plex library. My video library is on it. It's, it's a wonderful little computer, but I don't think it's extremely popular. On the other hand, you have the Mac Pro, which is even less popular, and that's just languishing. I, I saw someone uh, had a, an article on a blog just today saying that he was looking for a, a computer to do 4K video editing, and he looked at the Mac Pro, and I don't remember the number, $5,400 to configure it the way he wanted, and he could get an HP for something like 3500 with the same specs. That strikes me you know, as being strange because the last time I checked, the Mac Pro was actually cheaper than the Windows workstations. It may have changed over the last year or so. Well, remember that the Mac Pro hasn't evolved in, what, two and a half years. So it's entirely possible that um, Windows PCs have caught up. You know, this guy was talking about a 12 core or whatever it is. So that this is beyond my normal usage, and I wouldn't be able to make the comparison. But he did lay out the specs that, that of what he needed and what he bought. And there was a, a vast difference. And if you recall, I did have a Mac Pro for a while, and I really loved it. I thought it was a very cool computer. The, the inability to get an Apple 5K display is what um, made me get rid of it. And one thing that's worth noting is it was the hardest Mac I ever... It was the hardest to sell Mac I've ever had. I mean, I've often sold my computers used after like 18 or 24 months, and this one was very, very hard to sell. So there's, not only there's no demand, but there, you can get a lot of them on eBay um, relatively cheap. So we're saying here the demand isn't that high? I think the demand isn't there for the high-end computers because... So I had the original Mac Pro in 2006, the cheese grater. Now, I really liked that because you had four hard drive slots and you could um, change hard drives easily. You could put two optical drives in it. I never used any PCI cards, but you could just open the side and flip things in and out. And it was great for a computer if you're going to need to do that sort of thing. Um, but no one needs to do that anymore. My 5K iMac is just fine. It's completely silent except when I'm doing some really heavy processor, some processor-heavy tasks that make the fans blow. Um, it stays out of the way. The display is, is brilliant. Um, there's absolutely no reason why I would consider going to a Mac Pro. While, while I've always liked the idea of having a separate computer and display, in case one goes bad, you can replace one instead of the whole thing, I'm sold on the iMac for now. And, and I can't imagine needing to upgrade this for years. And I've said this in the past about other computers, um, but I think we've just reached the point where there's, what's the need? I, I don't want a bigger display. If anything, I'd rather have a smaller display. You're not going to get better than Retina. We've reached, and I was saying earlier, with the iPod, once you got all the media kinds, um, there was no place to go. With the iPhone, we, we've reached the sort of limit of features. With a computer, you've got similar things. You can't make the display any better. Um, you could make a higher density display, but there's no point because you won't be able to see it. As, as Apple has said, the retina display means that at the normal distance at which you view it, you can't see the pixels. Adding more pixels isn't going to change that. You still won't see them. So we, we're at a plateau for all of these devices, I think, unless there's some radical change with a new technology that we hadn't thought of. I, I can't think of 
uh, as I said earlier, virtual reality stuff, maybe holograms. Uh, I mean, I remember seeing holograms like 30 years ago in, in like museums and things, but they still haven't gotten that much better. I, I don't see that we're going to have holographic content um, anytime soon. So I, I think, you know, Apple's future is going to be brilliant. They're going to keep selling millions of iPhones and computers, but they're going to just sell less and less as the iPhone, which is, what is it, two-thirds or three-quarters of the company's revenue, it's become commodified. It's, uh, you go to, if you need a smartphone... I like that, commodified. Yeah, it's, 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 it's a, it, you buy one for 100 bucks if you need a smartphone. Um, if you really need an iPhone, you're going to pay the price, but you don't need to spend more than $100 to get a smartphone today. Whereas in, in 2007, when the iPhone came out, that was, that was the smartphone. All right. Well, that is also the issue. That's the issue, of course, with computers. They become commodities. Yeah. And I guess that's happened with tablets, which is why Apple it's is not selling new iPads. More so with tablets, I think. Um, I, I think the main difference is that the tablet is, and there are people who disagree, it, the tablet is, for most people, not a device that you work with. If you do work with it, it's a passive device. You know, people um, displaying catalogs, things like that. There is a small percentage of people who use it for more than that, but that's not the vast majority. Um, people who buy a tablet, they're going to keep using it till they run it into the ground. It's not like a smartphone because you don't carry it around. It doesn't get the same kind of wear. For most people, it stays at home. Um, so tablets, I think, have reached their apogee. And, you know, you go on Amazon, you can buy a Fire tablet, the small Fire tablet, for 50 bucks. So for most people, I mean, it's clunky, it's heavy, it's, it's not a, a retina display, but for most people, they can't afford, they don't want to spend the money, they don't need to. Well, certainly people are looking at cheaper stuff, so I guess Apple's enhancement was to come up with the iPad Pro, which is something that's far better than those cheap tablets, but... Mm. Well, for the limited demographic who's willing to pay more, or people like us, you know, who... Basically, we write about this stuff. We need to know what's new. But average people that I've talked to, they don't really care about these things. I remember one of the um, assistants at my dentist office, because um, they all know that I'm an Apple guy. And so one of the assistants was showing me, oh, I got a new iPhone 6S. And I said, oh, how do you like it? Do you use 3D Touch? Do you use live photos? She said, what are those? She didn't even know about these features. She didn't buy it for that. It's because her previous iPhone was maybe four years old and the screen was broken, and she was finally being able, you know, finally able to afford an upgrade. But now you have care. to bear you have to bear in mind something too, Kirk, which is something that kind of becomes indicated by that, and that is when it comes to using the features on a tech gadget. There was a survey done, and this is something that Stephen Baker mentioned last week that 60% of the people with HDTVs to this day are using and looking at standard definition. Why? Because I, I don't understand why they're looking at standard definition. Well, number one is they're... They don't have HDTV channels? They're, well, that's the question, too. You know, because a lot of these service providers in the U.S., because these are U.S. statistics... They'll offer HD and regular channels on separate numbers quite often. Sometimes they don't. Like, ah, okay. And, and therefore, yeah. a person will choose a channel, like with Cox. I'll give you Cox is a fairly major, it's a family-owned business. 
a fairly major provider of cable TV. Now, the way they do it, say you want to get Channel 6 in America, which is the CW in Arizona, you would enter 6 or 06 or something like that. But if you want to watch the HD version, you'd have to enter 1006. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Kirk McElhern with Gene Steinberg. More to come on the Tech Night Out Live. Hey there, Night Out listeners. Are you frustrated by all those passwords you need to remember? Do you use the same password for multiple sites? Well, now there's a better way. RoboForm, an award-winning password manager that makes your life easier and more secure. With RoboForm, you'll never need to remember or type your passwords again. It's easy to use. It's completely secure. And best of all, listeners, you could use it free. Just go to RoboForm.com slash tech. That's RoboForm.com slash tech. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. Do you have dry hands or itchy, peeling skin? Are your cracked feet in need of a makeover for sandal season? Hi, my name is Diane Cook, the creator of Bee Spa Hand and Foot Cream. Bee Spa is all natural, 16% beeswax, marigold extract, and other essential oils and nutrients. Bee Spa is great for exceptionally dry hands and feet, but Bee Spa can be used anywhere on the body. I am sure you will see a difference overnight. B-Spa is the only cream you will ever need. The convenient 2.5-ounce size jar travels nicely and a little goes a long way. B-Spa Hand and Foot Cream costs $29.99. Use promotion code 101 for free shipping. Order B-Spa Hand and Foot Cream today at bspa.com. That's B-E-E-S-P-A dot That's B-E-E-S-P-A dot We use mobile devices right against our bodies every day. But growing scientific evidence has emerged showing serious health risks associated with exposure to EMF radiation emitted from these devices. The solution is Defender Shield, the most effective mobile radiation shielding ever developed. Defender Shield blocks virtually 100% of EMF radiation from cell phones, tablets, and laptops and starts at just $64.99. Buy now at DefenderShield.com. For 10% off, use promo code GCN. DefenderShield.com, the worldwide leader in mobile radiation shielding. How would you like to make 17% on your money in only 90 days? That's right. Gold owners made 17% in only three months as gold had its best quarterly gain in 30 years. Gold is on the move, and you need to get government-issued legal tender gold coins starting at only $139 each. The U.S. Money Reserve, one of the largest gold distributors in the country, announces the first ever at-cost gold release on this station for only $139 each. one 866 
844-GOLD or online at usmoneyreserve.com. Official U.S. government-issued legal tender solid gold coins at cost for only $139 each. Call 1-866-944-GOLD. Ask for a free 55-page gold buyer's book. Plus, get a free walking liberty half dollar just for reading this must-have book all about gold. Remember, gold is on the move, up 17%. Call 1-866-944-GOLD. Looking for that edge during those intimate moments? We see many ads for enhancement, but the side effects include death. At GCN Team, we should change the Healthy Body Brain and Heart Pack to the Healthy Libido Pack. The brain and heart are not the only organs that require a healthy vascular system. For proper blood flow at the right moment, go to GCNTeam.com or call 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. We'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at technightowl.com slash radio. That's technightowl.com slash radio. Or subscribe on iTunes. So the point I've been mentioning here is that People who have HD sets in America, most of them aren't watching the HD content that's available. Either they haven't updated their set-top box, or it's there, but they don't consider what needs to be done to get to see it. It's because they simply, it, it's not important to them, and, and maybe they just wouldn't even notice it. You know, there's, and we've discussed TVs many times, um, there is a thing, I think it's if you're sitting more than 1.7 times the diagonal of the TV, you can't see the difference between standard and high definition. So if people have, even if they have big TVs, if they're sitting far enough away, they won't see the difference. I remember when I was young, you know, there was the TVs were always in the corner, far away, and the little TVs, remember we had, when we had 20-inch TVs and all that? Um, you were way too far to see anything. And, and today, you know, if people keep the TVs... Um, as far as they are, as, as they were then, you know, if they've got a big living room and they sit far away, they won't notice the difference. I know you and I can say the same thing because we're old as the hills, but I'm much older. Indeed. And, th and that is my first TV set when I left New York City and moved to the South working in radio. My first TV set was a 19-inch Zenith mm -hmm. in the late 60s. And we'd stick it like in one corner of the room so we're fairly close to it. Up yep. until, I'd say, the 1980s, we lived with TV sets that were no more than 19 or 21 inches. Then we got, say, like a 30-inch TV or something like that. And then the 90s, we got a widescreen TV. And then later on, of course, we got some kind of, not necessarily a flat panel. I think we had a Star Trek TV from Samsung. I call it Star Trek from the early 2000s. It was a 50-inch screen. That's when we first started graduating. Mm. I still don't have a 50-inch. My TV's 47. Same difference. Well, but I mean, I've, I don't have, I've never had anything bigger than that. Um, before I moved to the UK, my TV was 40 inches. Prior to that, I had a 32-inch um, widescreen TV, but not HD. Because in Europe, they were selling 16.9 TVs in the late 90s before HD TV came along. So it was an SD, but with a widescreen. And you didn't have a lot of programming that was in widescreen, but you did have some. 
The, the point being that, how did we get to this? We were talking about um, the quality of displays. Was that it? Yeah, I guess that's where it started. But I think it, we started out because most people in the United States, and I'm not talking about Europe, I have no stats, who have HD sets are still watching mostly, all or mostly, standard definition content. And there's plenty of HD content out there. Well, you know, I look on TV here, we just have broadcast TV. Um, so we get digital terrestrial TV and we get 150 channels or whatever. Basically, there's like 20 or 30 channels. And then there's all the really weird stuff up at the top end of the, the list. There's an awful lot of old reruns in standard definition. We only have, I think, four HD channels here. It's very limited. It's much less than what I had in France. But there's an awful lot of stuff that's still in SD. And I'm talking about reruns and, you know, they, they put on old game shows, 20-year-old game shows sometimes. I don't get it. But, but I guess during the day, they're just filling up the airwaves and, and no one's really watching. But, yeah, people don't notice the difference. And so I think we got here because we were talking about um, an improvement in an iMac display, how it wouldn't make a difference. And it, it's hard for us. And I try as much as possible, um, but it's hard for us. We're professionals in this business. It's hard to put ourselves into the shoes of average users. And every chance I get, I talk to people who aren't techies and geeks and early adopters to understand what they do. And, and in particular, you mentioned you know my sometimes name, the iTunes guy um, at Macworld. I get lots of emails from what you would call average users. And, and I have a good understanding of how people approach this sort of stuff. There's an echo chamber in the tech industry, in the, in the tech news industry and journalists, where we're pushing all the new stuff because that's what's new and that's what we have to write about. But the vast majority of people don't care. 90% of people, 95% of people don't read the kind of things that I write, don't listen to this radio show and podcast. And they're just going based on what they see in a store, maybe some ads on TV. Um, maybe some ads in a magazine or a newspaper if they still read them, but they're seeing what their friends have, what the brother-in-law has. You know, there's always a brother-in-law who, who gets all the tech stuff first. You, you can't expect, like Apple can't expect everyone to want a new iPhone next year now that it's just become such a commonplace item. For a long time, it was something that not many people had. So when you got one, you stood out. And now it's just another iPhone. I, I can't get excited about a new iPhone anymore. I can't even get excited about a new Mac. The, these are tools. For a number of years, we've, we've lived with them as if they were more important than tools, but they're not. There you go. And I think that's it, too, that that's making it difficult for all the companies, not just Apple. People no longer are into constantly upgrading their hardware. Well, I think, uh, I think we've realized, A, we don't need to. B, we've been had in the sense that we kind of fell into this trap of needing the latest new thing. And we've had so many cases where the latest new thing wasn't really worth the extra expense or wasn't that different. And I think there's a lot of financial pressure. You know, 10 years ago, you didn't have all these subscriptions to Netflix and Amazon Prime and Spotify and Apple Music. And now you do. And I think that that's one of the things that's affected the music industry a great deal. People have less disposable income, but I think it's starting to affect the hardware industry as well. People are saying, heck, why do I need to spend $700 for a new iPhone? I'd rather spend that money on my Netflix, a vacation, um, a new couch or something like that. I think tech has, uh, and I'll use the word again, it's become commodified. It's no longer special. It's no longer magical. And Steve Jobs was there at the right time because he was always telling us, how magical something was 
And he was right at the time because these were really new. But now we've just reached the point where it's just another iteration of things we already we've had for years. So where does Apple go? Do they find ways to add more significant improvements or accept the situation and maybe bring the prices down where it's possible to attract more traffic, more people to upgrade or look at services and other new products for most of the growth? I think what Apple needs, so, so I, I'm, I'm a strong believer that the future of computing in general, and by that I include desktop computers, laptops, tablets, and smartphones, I think the future is more in services than it is in hardware. Apple has the advantage because making both the software and the hardware, it integrates better. I think there's more of a future in services, but I think, you know, Apple's got, what do they have, two, $200 billion in cash um, stashed overseas. I think... Apple's going to, they're going to need products that aren't computing products. And, you know, the rumors about the car, I'm still not convinced, but that would be the kind of thing that Apple should be getting into. Something that people always need. Some some wise person told me a long time ago, you want to make money, go into shoes. People always need shoes. Kirk McElhern, please tell our listeners where we can find more of your stuff. You can hop over to my website, Kirkville. It's at McElhern.com. That's M-C-E-L-H-E-A-R-N.com. And you can find me at Macworld, where I am the iTunes guy, and I write a bunch of other stuff as well. Kirk McElhern, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. Thanks for having me yet again, Gene. for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. So you've got to take a state construction license exam or certification. Can't decide on what books or what chapters to study? Discover right now how you can eliminate unnecessary books and wasted study time. At ContractorExam.com, our study materials zero in on state-required test topics in an effective, multiple-choice format. So whether you're a plumber, electrician, general contractor, or other construction-related trade, ContractorExam.com will help get you prepared. Visit us at www.ContractorExam.com today. Are your Google search results killing you? Unflattering content in blogs, news articles, online reviews, social media, or other sources can jeopardize your reputation, your business, and your livelihood. Let Reputation.com help. Our patented technology will make the truth about you more visible while pushing down unwanted negative content. Improve your Google search results. Call Reputation.com at 1-800-831-0771 for a free consultation. That's 800-831-0771. Dangerous blood clot device alert. If you or a loved one had an IVC filter placed to prevent blood clots from traveling to your heart or lungs and suffered an injury, you may be entitled to substantial financial compensation. The FDA warns that IVC filters may cause serious complications, such as heart or lung damage, internal bleeding, and even death. These dangerous blood clot devices can break and the metal fragments can travel to your heart or lungs causing serious injuries. If you or a loved 
loved one suffered organ damage or other injuries from an IVC filter, you may be entitled to substantial financial compensation. Act now. Time is limited to file a claim. For a free consultation and free information, call Injury Help Desk at 800-478-1507. This is an advertisement. Paid non-attorney spokesperson. InjuryHelpDesk.com is responsible for this advertisement. Principal Office, Las Vegas, Nevada. All right, listen up, because this is the most important thing you're going to hear all day. What if I said you could make money flipping houses without any cash, credit, or manual labor? And what if I said you could do it part-time from the comfort of your home? Sound unflippin' believable? Hi, I'm Preston Ely, and I'm going to prove it by sending you a free copy of my smash hit selling book, How to Get Rich in Real Estate. It sells online for $19.95, but I'm giving away free copies this week. To get one before they're gone, call 1-800-959-9582. I used to be so broke, I had my electricity shut off nine times. But I figured out a simple way to make money flipping houses without even breaking a sweat. Now I'm living the good life, and so should you. Listen, if you're sick and tired of stressing about money, this book could change your life. Hands down, it's the fastest, easiest way to get started in real estate. Let me prove it. Call right now to find out how to get your free book. When they're gone, they're gone. Call 1-800-959-9582. 1-800-959-9582. Hi, I'm Dr. Joel Wallach, veterinarian and naturopathic physician. The Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy with an important message. Take charge of your health. Do not continue to blindly follow the system that has failed us all. I appreciate GCN listeners because you're open-minded and intelligent. If our system is so great, why is it that the United States, the USA, ranks nearly 60th worldwide in longevity and number one in obesity? All the while, we spend more money than all the other countries combined annually on unnecessary health care procedures and toxic drugs. It doesn't take much to get on track, not with the government or pharmaceutical companies, but rather you in control of your own health with a basic understanding of nutrition and supplementation. FDI Longevity has the finest quality health, sports, and energy supplements available. GCN listeners are invited to join our team of people who want to stay healthy well into old age. We are currently looking for specialists to represent FDI Longevity and save America. To buy products at wholesale prices or join our business team, go to GCNteam.com. That's GCNteam.com. Support GCN. Get healthy. What's going to happen next? You never know when you're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. So we have along with us Brian Chaffin from the Mac Observer and a bunch of things to talk about related to Apple and other subjects. But first, welcome back, Brian. Thanks, man. Hey, man, I think we should talk about the fact that Apple's critics are luxuriating with Apple's less than stellar financials for the March quarter. What's your assessment? Well, you know, we've got Apple Incorporated, a company that is that did year-over-year growth for 13 years. 13 years, year-over-year growth every quarter, in and out, until this quarter. And this quarter was down not inconsiderably from the previous quarter. Did Apple have a great quarter by a, a absolute standards, as uh, Tim Cook himself claimed on Jim Cramer's show? Yes, Apple did. Apple had $50 billion in revenue and $10 billion in profit, and that's a lot. But it's down year over year, and that is a source of concern. Apple also guided uh, poorly for um, the next quarter. 
that's of some concern. And Apple guided gross margins down, and Wall Street is always worried about Apple's gross margins. Even though Apple's gross margins are higher than most other companies. Well, what does that have to do with anything? Facts don't matter. My, my tone of voice is not aimed at you. I apologize. Apple fans in particular, they, they like to look at, at Apple stock as if it's some kind of personal thing. And, and, and a lot of Apple fans and even casual Apple investors want to look at Apple stock price as if it's not only in a vacuum, but somehow based on, on like what Apple's doing. And Apple's stock price, any company's stock price, is not based on what that company's doing. It's based on what Wall Street expects that company to do. So whether or not Apple hits its own guidance is completely irrelevant for the price of Apple's stock. This is, this is hugely important. I've been encountering this from uh, our readers at the Mac Observer for years. We've done a lot of financial coverage at uh, the Mac Observer for Apple. And they always think that Wall Street is somehow being unfair, and it's just it's completely ridiculous. And here's the thing to understand. A company's value is provided by Wall Street. It's not provided by the company. Apple is worth anything because Wall Street has said that's what it's worth. It's not what Apple says Apple's worth. It's what Wall Street says that Apple is worth. And it so doesn't matter the, whether that value is accurate or just something made up out of tea leaves. Correct. It, it, actually, that's, that is so literally true. It doesn't matter. What, it, what, what does matter is Wall Street's expectations. And Wall Street provides value, provides a price for any company based on what it expects. And when that company beats what Wall Street expects, the value will then go up. And if the company misses what Wall Street expects, the value will go down. And it doesn't matter if the company said all along, no, 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 you know, we're only going to do this. When Wall Street says, yeah, no, 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 we think you're going to do this instead, that's where the price comes from. So don't be surprised when the price of a stock, an Apple stock in particular, goes down when Apple misses what Wall Street expects, whether or not it did what Apple said it would do. This is so key, and so many people don't understand it. And I think the comparison people make is with Amazon, because Amazon so seldom reports a profit to any degree. But Amazon's still a Wall Street darling, because Wall Street doesn't expect them to report profits. When they do, it's a miracle. <laughs> it's true. I don't understand uh, Amazon's valuation, to be honest. Um, Wall Street has assigned a value based on what it expects Amazon to do some point in the future. And the way I see it, Amazon can never turn a profit, not, not from its retail operations, because everything that makes Amazon uh, a company that people use to buy stuff is completely predicated on the idea that it's selling everything at near cost. That can never change because the second it does change, Anybody else is going to be able to 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 swoop in and get some of that business. So, but Wall Street sees it differently, and I don't know. There's a lot of smart people on Wall Street. Doesn't mean they're always right, but in this case, I don't understand what they're doing. And so, where an Apple fan or an Apple investor, especially a casual investor, can get 
a little tense, and understandably so in this case, is when you start comparing multiples. So let's actually, let's, what is, let's see, we're going to look at Amazon's multiple as we speak. Now, while you're doing this and looking this up, explain to our listeners who don't follow Wall Street what a multiple means in plain English. Fantastic point. So a multiple is shorthand for the price-to-earnings ratio. So the price of a stock compared to a company's earnings, usually over 12 months. And in this case, for instance, Amazon's price-to-earnings ratio, or multiple, is 276x. Apple's price-to-earnings ratio is, he says, stalling for time, as we speak, 10.42. So Amazon's multiple is 276, and Apple's is 10, 10.4. And I will admit that that doesn't make a whole lot of sense, except for, again, it's based on expectations. So don't forget that Apple is worth, right now, $512 billion, half a trillion dollars. And Amazon is worth $300 billion. So Amazon, despite having a higher multiple, is worth less, according to Wall Street, than Apple is. And the reason why Amazon is worth as much as it is is because, again, the Wall Street thinks that Amazon at some point in the future is somehow going to miraculously turn their business into something profitable, which isn't likely, but whatever. How many years has Amazon been around? Just thinking. uh, I don't know what. 20, right? Close to 20. Okay. So during those years, they rarely show a profit. Yeah. They did show a profit this last quarter. I noticed. But but here's, here's, here's the thing. When Wall Street is forward-looking, Wall Street seldom cares about what any company did yesterday. Wall Street is always concerned about, and unfortunately, it still tends to be kind of short-sighted, but always, Wall Street's always concerned about the next quarter or the quarter after that or the next year or maybe sometimes 10 years down the line. Um, with Apple, Wall Street doesn't see where Apple is going to grow. And part of why Wall Street doesn't see that is because Apple doesn't talk about what it's going to do. And right now, no one has any faith that Apple is going to continue to do the kind of innovation that it has historically done under Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs is gone. That's the big issue, one of the biggest complaints about Tim Cook is they cannot possibly innovate as they did under Steve Jobs. And any product they come out with must be inferior, especially version one of anything is always going to be quite limited. The original iPhone. We forget there were no apps for it. Steve Jobs talked about web apps. They only supported, they didn't even support 3G networking. They supported Edge, which was the edge of nowhere. (laughs) Or the edge of reality. The point being... Obviously, the Apple Watch is, and notice I don't say Apple Watch is, I say the Apple Watch is, is considered an underachievement because it shipped with few apps, and those apps were not native apps because there was no capability for native apps until the first update of the Watch OS. So I'll ask more questions about that at Brian Chaffin of the Mac Observer in a few moments. The disconnect between Wall Street's perceptions and reality, but as he says, it doesn't matter. What does matter 
is that we have something to offer called Tech Night Owl Plus at plus.technightowl.com, P-L-U-S.technightowl.com. We offer principally an, an enhanced version of this show free of network ads with higher quality audio. We'll be back with Brian Schaffin of the Mac Observer on the other side of the Tech Night Owl Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also print catalogs. Convert from so many formats, I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the best for you and your family. Since 2005, thousands have depended on Berkey Purified Water. The Berkey Guy provides the lowest priced filtration systems in every size. For incredibly delicious water now and in an emergency, get to GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. Suffering from illness or disease? Frequently in pain? Overstressed? Always tired? The solution is to oxygenate your cells because disease cannot survive in an oxygen-rich environment. Introducing Vital Ion, the first mineralized edible oxygen in the world. Go to toolsforfreedom.com and get the Miracle of Oxygenation DVD free with any Vital Ion purchase. Call 800-770-8802. That's 800-770-8802. Let Vital Ion edible oxygen be your daily fountain of youth. Paid non attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas, is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice, and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention, Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24 7. Call 800 261 That's 800 261 Are you tired of commuting to a job that makes someone else rich? Working harder than ever, but getting nowhere? Do you hate spending hundreds of dollars every week on daycare? Having someone else raise your children? With our opportunities, you can start earning money as soon as next week. You get to be the boss, work from home, and live a happier life. At Be The Boss Network, you'll find hundreds of work-from-home opportunities that you can literally start today and be earning money as soon as next week. Go to freedom106.com and start earning money as soon as next week. You get to be the boss. Get out of the rat race. Work from home. Go to freedom106.com right now and change your life today. That's freedom, the number 106.com. Go to freedom106.com and start earning money as soon as next week.
You be the boss. Go to freedom106.com. This is Dan Pillett. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. What are you listening to? The Tech Night Isle Live with Gene Steinberg. What's going to happen next? You never know. So we have Brian Chaffin of the Mac Observer, and he's now talking about perceptions versus reality on Wall Street and why it doesn't matter. So Apple can earn 80 times more profit than Amazon, whatever it is. Eh, Not good enough. And that's another question, too. Samsung, of course, isn't trading on Wall Street. It's trading somewhere in, what, South Korea? It doesn't do near as well as Apple does in terms of profits. No tech company does, do they? Maybe Microsoft? Apple's multiple is is low. It's actually shockingly low. Ten, ten is a very, very low multiplier for, for a profitable, successful tech company. Um, that's the kind of multiple that you're gonna that you're usually gonna see at you know established mature companies. It'll be ten, 10 or below. We mentioned that Amazon's is 276. I mean that that's that's just ridiculous. Uh, looking at Microsoft's multiple as we speak, it's 39. Uh, looking even at Intel, let's see, look, look and see what Intel is. 12 <laughs> Intel's multiple is higher than Apple's right now. That is just so ridiculous. Um, Facebook has got a sky high multiple. Do you remember Facebook's uh, is FB? 72. So they believe Facebook more than they believe Apple. They believe in in percentage growth of Facebook more than in percentage growth of Apple. No one on Wall Street thinks that Apple is going to suddenly stop making money tomorrow. That's not the issue. The issue is how much more money than Apple is already making can Apple make tomorrow? Now, most of Apple's revenues and profits are coming from the iPhone. Well, how many more iPhones can Apple actually sell? We know that we saw the first year-over-year sales decline in iPhones this last quarter. Again, that's an issue of concern. Without coming out with new products, Apple doesn't have much of a chance to grow its its revenues or earnings by a lot. Not like it did, you know, for like the previous fifteen years, thirteen years, right? Where every year it was year every quarter was year-over-year growth, Um, and, and. that to me is where you sort of get back into that faith thing. So no one has that faith. I personally have faith that Apple is working on new products right now. I know that Apple is working on a car. doesn't mean it will ship, but I know that Apple is working on it. I know that Apple is working on other products as well. And I think we're going to see some of those, at least one major new product before the car I don't have any. I don't have any evidence to that, but I. But the. the but I believe that that's what's going to happen. So to me, Apple is an obvious buy and hold, and I do have a tiny, tiny stake in Apple. 
just for full disclosure sake. People have this, you know, again, going back to Amazon, people have this faith that Amazon at some point is going to turn on the profit machine. That to me is an irrational position, but it is what Wall Street believes. So it, it's um, where Apple is sitting has reason. It's not because hedge funds are manipulating the stock and artificially keeping it down. That's absolutely crazy talk. And it's not because um, uh, people are, are are being unfair to Apple and 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 you know. Uh, making too too much of a big deal about iPhones not being uh, 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 iPhone sales not being high enough. It's 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 not for those reasons. It's be, it's all about what Wall Street thinks Apple is going to do tomorrow. And until they see evidence or re- have reason to believe that Apple is going to do something new tomorrow, the stock is going to languish. So they're waiting either for the next great thing or for Apple to stem the erosion of iPhone sales. Uh, yeah, but I don't even, I don't even think, I mean, like Apple would actually have to see significant iPhone growth again for that to be a source of stock growth. So at this like, point, looking at the real world where that's not likely to happen, then it's going to languish until the next great product comes in. So if people suddenly start buying Apple watches in much higher numbers that may restore some credibility. But if yeah. not, Apple will languish for a while until some other big thing comes in there. The assumption being that Apple may be making good profits, but it's not going to go much of anywhere in terms of growth. Uh, yeah, essentially. That's it, that's it in a nutshell. What do you think? I, me, Apple is an obvious buy and hold. Apple is undervalued. Um, I, I do have, con- I have, I have faith and confidence that Apple is working on something. And by the way, I do have a piece of evidence that Apple is working on something interesting. And that piece of evidence is the fact that Apple does not have uh, an executive brain drain. You know, all these people, um, most of whom were working for Steve Jobs are still there. And they're all working on something. And these are people who could work anywhere they want, anywhere on the planet that they wanted to work, they could. And the key is here, a few executives have gone, but just a few. Uh, and, and, Almost none of the top executives. Scott Forstall was ousted, right? But the rest of the top executives have uh, have have all stayed. So they have to be doing something. The, yeah, these people aren't going to stay out of loyalty to Tim. They're not going to stay out of loyalty to Steve Jobs. And if anything, if if the reason why they were staying was a loyalty to Steve Jobs, they probably would have. Um, uh, left because they would be frustrated if if something wasn't going on. They're working on something. There is something to keep their interest. And you know these, like I said, all these top people have stayed. And 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 there's no chance that they're staying unless Apple is doing something interesting. They're all rich beyond uh, most of our wildest imaginations. Money is not going to be motivating many of them at this point. Yeah, money is always some kind of motiva- you know has some kind of motivational levels for 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 uh, for everyone, right? It's very subjective, but it, you know none, none of them are hungry. None of them will ever be able to spend the amount of money they already have. And the thing that usually keeps people like that, you know, a team players like that, the thing that usually keeps them motivated is accomplishing something. 
And they, I, to me, it seems pretty clear that they feel like there's something left to accomplish. But other than Apple Car, you wouldn't know what? Uh, well, we we have rumors that there's a large team working on uh, something in the VR space. We don't know what. And we have rumors that uh, Apple has a large team working on um, improving discoverability and search in the App Store, which is sorely, sorely needed. Um, but no, other than that, I, 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 I do not know the specific products that Apple is working on, other than those general things I just said. All right. Virtual reality. Hmm. I don't know. In terms of Apple Car. Now, there was a story a while back that one of the key people involved had left the company. Is that representative of a problem with the leadership not getting together on what to do or what? Or just an Uh, unfounded rumor? You know, it's hard to know. Um, That person did leave. Uh, Apple has replaced them, is my understanding. Um, we don't know if that person left because he was ousted. We don't know if that person left because simply because he was frustrated with what he was doing. I mean, we don't, we don't know why he left. Ostensibly he left because, um, you know, it was basically time for a break. That may be true. And it may be that he was the, the, the Tim Cook wanted someone else there. My guess is that if, the, this was, uh, the, I, I forget his name, uh, Dusky Zan doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. So, um, my guess is that if he wanted to do something else at Apple, he could have. He 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 was a veteran with Apple. He he was one of the key iPhone people, um, and that 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 he probably could have gone and worked for for some other area in Apple. That he didn't kind of says to me he actually wanted to leave. I don't I don't know. We don't have enough information on uh, why that happened. All right, what do we know right now about an Apple car? That's a good question. We have about 40 seconds to ask about that. So, Brian, why don't you start the answer now, and we'll pick it up in the next segment. What do we know today about what Apple's doing? The biggest thing we know is that Apple is doing it. Um, They've got a lot of uh, real estate projects all over Silicon Valley dedicated to the car. Uh, They've got a large team of people that are working on various aspects of it. And we know that they've been talking to a lot of people about it. Well, that's certainly a good start. Yeah. And we have to see where that takes it and whether it's a car or something else. An Apple car. And this comes at a time where Tesla is trying to increase production so they could sell hundreds of thousands of Model 3s every year. Can they do it? Hmm. Maybe we should start considering that. I'm Gene Steinberg here in the Tech Night Out Live. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap. 
But not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com slash host. Once again, that's technightowl.com slash host. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-704-6182. A Place for Mom offers free, one-on-one advice from local advisors and a personalized list of senior living communities you can visit. If you have questions about senior care for your mom or dad, there's a place for answers, a place for mom. Call A Place for Mom in the next 10 minutes to get your free ebook on financing senior care as well as free information on senior living communities in your area. Call 1-800-704-6182. That's 1-800-704-6182. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Brian Chaffin of the Mac Observer, talking first about Wall Street and its perceptions. The point being that perception is reality. If Wall Street is down in your company, that's too damn bad. If Wall Street thinks you're a Wall Street darling, that your stock is underpriced, it will go up. It doesn't matter what the reality is. It could be fantasy. It could be Ouija boards. It doesn't matter. Brian says that there is an Apple car being developed. But the question I would ask here, is it possible that instead of a car, they're experimenting with technologies? Um, well, yeah, Apple is certainly experimenting with technologies if you mean in lieu of a car no apple's working on a car okay so what do we know about the apple car other than it's something seems to be happening does apple want to get into the same space as tesla it seems like apple does in fact want to get into the same space as tesla at least at least from from what we we know outside um we know that apple's working on an electric car and we know that Apple is working on an autonomous vehicle, but the most recent credible rumor that I saw, and I'm not going to really call it a rumor and call it a leak from the Wall Street Journal, is that Apple is going to um, release a human driving car before it releases an autonomous vehicle. And that target is still in the 2020 range, maybe 2019, which is you know really just around the corner. Uh, we know that Apple has a large team doing this. We know that Apple has spoken to uh, manufacturers, different manufacturers, about the possibility of uh, partnering with them. Uh, and we know um, Nate Donato Weinstein is a reporter for the San Jose Business Journal, and he has done a wonderful job of tracking what Silicon Valley tech companies are doing based on the real estate filing. So, we're talking about permits. We're talking about leases. We're talking about uh, storm storm water runoff 
filings that have to be done because it's California. Uh, we're talking about uh, hazardous uh, chemical filings that sometimes have to be done. And, and he's pieced together this web of facilities that Apple has been putting together all over Silicon Valley. And they really seem to point to development of the car. So for one thing, they have Greek mythology code names associated with them. And we know that Apple's codename for the car is Project Titan, which is also from Greek mythology. Uh, he has found uh, evidence of chemicals that are almost always used in um, conjunction with uh, producing either batteries or producing uh, uh, automobiles. He's found uh, mentions of equipment that will be used on site that is uh, the kind of equipment you only have if you're making a car. Uh, all kinds of, of, of information, and, it, and it's a pretty significant uh, web of facilities that Apple has uh, been putting together. Now, Tesla started out with a very high-priced car, a very high-priced SUV, and now an upper-middle-priced car, the Model 3. The Model 3 will supposedly start at $35,000, but the average transaction price, according to Elon Musk, would be $42,000. Therefore, it's not like a midsize car. It's in the price range of a BMW 3 or an Audi A4 and a little under the C-Class from Mercedes-Benz. Just giving you a perspective. We're not talking about a cheap car here. It's going to be fairly expensive even at the cheapest. But now, we know what Tesla's doing. Does Apple follow that playbook, start out with something real expensive and make it affordable or go right to the affordable category? Well, Apple always competes at the high end, I but we're talking about extreme high end here. Well, the iPhones at the extreme high end. The uh, Apple's MacBook line is at the extreme high end of of portables in the computing space. Yes, but we're talking about a couple of thousand dollars there. We're not yeah. talking about a car for a hundred thousand dollars, which is not extreme high end. It's exotically high end. Um. Well, hmm. I, I would argue that exotically high end would be more like you know, a quarter million and up, but, you know, to, to definitely that's a subjective thing. We're talking about like a Mercedes S-Class, which is their highest priced vehicle from the regular Mercedes line. Yeah, I would be shocked if Apple introduced a car that was any cheaper than $50,000. I'd just be shocked. And yeah, that's expensive and a lot of people can't afford it, but a lot of people can't afford the iPhone. And I realize there's a price differential between the two, but when you actually start comparing in, in absolute terms and percentage terms, what an iPhone costs to what you know most Android devices cost, eh, I think you probably find that that a sixty seventy thousand dollar car is pretty much the same as an iPhone or a MacBook Pro or a Mac even a MacBook Air. So does that mean that Apple, as they get production experience, does have a somewhat cheaper model that will be within like the low end BMW or Audi as opposed to the high end Honda? I don't know. That is a good question. That is a good question. I, I would imagine that Apple will always make expensive cars just like it's making expensive devices. I mean, Apple competes on experience and fashion and technology. Apple doesn't compete on price. I, I don't think there's any reason to believe that the car would be any different. Following that, does that mean that companies, car companies who want to sell affordable electric cars will be inspired by Apple in the same way Samsung was inspired by the iPhone? 
inspired by the iPhone. That's funny. Um, uh, I am being, as they say, conservative in that evaluation. I know. I thought it was brilliant, actually. Sure. You know, we've, we've had auto executives saying that they would welcome Apple's entry into the car market, into the electric car market in particular, because they think that it would stimulate that market. And I think that that is likely to be the case. Tesla itself has stimulated the development of electric cars by other companies. Um, I think that Apple would only greatly accelerate that that kind of uh, effect. Now, looking at Tesla's situation and Apple, so if Apple comes up at the higher end or something approximating the more expensive products from Tesla or slightly between the Model 3 and the Model S, is that competition yet for Tesla? And the other question I would have is would it be better for Apple if the company was available to try to make a deal with Tesla? You mean to buy Tesla? Sure. Um, no, no, I don't. I don't think so. For one thing, Apple doesn't have any experience buying revenue. So what I mean by that is Apple has zero experience buying a company so that it can get that company's revenue as part of its own, and more particularly, to enter into a new market. Apple has never done that. The companies that Apple buys are companies that it can integrate into Apple. So people and technology that it can then integrate into the existing company. The the closest thing that Apple has done to buying revenue would be buying Beats. But Apple didn't buy Beats for the revenue. Apple bought Beats for the technology that they had and for the people that it had. They just had to pay for the revenue that they were also buying, which is revenue from the headphones, because that's the only way they could get the people. So Apple would not consider that. But Tesla's building a state-of-the-art battery plant. Would Apple want to build their own battery plant or go to a place like Tesla? That is a very good question. Apple does source parts from other companies. Apple develops a lot of its own stuff, and Apple um, develops a lot of its own manufacturing processes. I, I can only assume that Apple would do just that with a car. But Apple has traditionally bought its batteries from someone else. Tesla is a company that it could do so. Uh, with or from. Um, There are other companies in Japan and Europe and even in Detroit that are also making batteries. And Apple has hired battery people too, but I don't think it's hired battery people to make its own batteries. I think it's actually hired battery people to better adopt a battery technology into the car. So yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, Apple could absolutely uh, buy batteries from Tesla if it wanted to. And the other question would be whether Apple has to go to an existing automaker to actually build the cars? Or do they assemble a production plan from scratch? Remember that the Tesla's built at a plant in Fremont, which was used to be owned by GM and Toyota. More to come about the Apple car and speculation with Brian Schaffin of the Mac Observer. I'm Gene Steinberger in the Tech Night Out Live. Hey there, Night Out listeners. Are you frustrated by all those passwords you need to remember? Do you use the same password for multiple sites? Well, now there's a better way. RoboForm, an award-winning password manager that makes your life easier and more secure. With RoboForm, you'll never need to remember or type your passwords again. It's easy to use. It's completely secure. And best of all, listeners, you could use it free. Just go to RoboForm.com tech. 
That's roboform.com slash tech. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. Hi, Peter Vaccaro for ParanormalDate.com. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up for free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. People who are interested in the strange, the unusual, mysteries, ghosts, UFOs, and the afterlife, and so much more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you, people seeking a viable alternative to the other dating services. You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com, and if you decide you like it and want to connect with people, use the code GEORGE for a substantial discount. Mark Rawlings, president of ParanormalDate.com, says so many people hunger to share their experiences about the paranormal, the unexplainable, or the afterlife, and so much more, and this is the source for them to meet and share that common interest. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com, ParanormalDate.com, and use the code GEORGE if you decide to connect with someone you like. Suffering from illness or disease? Frequently in pain? Overstressed? Always tired? The solution is to oxygenate your cells because disease cannot survive in an oxygen-rich environment. Introducing Vital Ion, the first mineralized edible oxygen in the world. Go to toolsforfreedom.com and get the Miracle of Oxygenation DVD free with any Vital Ion purchase. Call 800-770-8802. That's 800-770-8802. Let Vital Ion edible oxygen be your daily fountain of youth. I'm Nick Soboleski, a select quote agent with a true story that could save you hundreds of dollars a year. A woman named Linda just called. Her husband, Ray, has a $300,000 group life insurance policy, but is changing jobs and can't take it with him. Well, I impartially shopped the highly rated term life insurance companies we represent and found Ray, who is 41 and takes medication to control his cholesterol, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $26 a month. That's almost twice the coverage for less than half of what he had paid. If SelectQuote hasn't shopped for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For your free quote, call 1-800-403-4885. That's 1-800-403-4885. 1-800-403-4885. Or go to SelectQuote.com. We shop. You save. Get full details on the example policy at slowquote.com slash commercials. Your price can vary depending on your health issuing company and other factors not available in all states. Are your Google search results killing you? Unflattering content in blogs, news articles, online reviews, social media, or other sources can jeopardize your reputation, your business, and your livelihood. Let Reputation.com help. Our patented technology will make the truth about you more visible while pushing down unwanted negative content. Improve your Google search results. Call Reputation.com at 1-800-831-0771 for a free consultation. That's 800-831-0771. 
we'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at technightowl.com slash radio. That's technightowl.com slash radio. Or subscribe on iTunes. So let's pursue this. Wherever Apple goes for battery technology, Tesla somewhere else. Building the cars. Does Apple build an auto plant from scratch? Do they lease space on maybe an underutilized plant and set it up for the new production lines? What do they do? Well, these are, of course, fantastic questions. And I don't even know that Apple yet knows what it's going to do uh, in terms of who's going to make it. Apple could turn to one of its existing manufacturers. I mean, like, I'm sure that Foxconn would be willing to build Apple a car. Whether or not Foxconn can, this is, a, by the way, the Foxconn being a uh, an outsourcer manufacturer uh, based in China and Taiwan. They also have operations in Brazil and elsewhere. And this is the company that builds most of Apple's devices. Not all, but most. I'm sure Foxconn would be happy to learn how to make cars for Apple. Uh, Foxconn could buy a, a car manufacturer to, to do this with. There is a company called, um, uh, and I can never remember their name, it's like Magastare or something along those lines. They, It's a European company that makes the exotic cars you mentioned earlier for, for the boutique brands. And we know that Apple has talked to folks at BMW about possibly partnering, although those talks didn't seem to go anywhere. Apple could work with someone in Detroit, or Apple could conceivably manufacture, d- do their own plant. That That's possible. I kind of don't see Apple doing that, but I don't even know that Apple knows yet. I think that uh, that everything is still pretty early at this point. If it's going to be a very expensive car, there aren't going to be that many sold. So you'd think maybe they will lease capacity from an existing car maker. And then later on, if the potential is there, then consider whether to construct a plant from scratch. I mean, right now, there are auto plants in the U.S. that are underutilized or not being utilized at all. We know, for example, that Fiat Chrysler is kind of giving up on cars and going more into SUVs and trucks and crossover vehicles, things like that. And so they may have capacity that can be used. Yeah, all of these things are definitely, definitely possible. And uh, you can assume that Apple is exploring all these options, even while they're actually figuring out what they want to do with the car itself. We certainly can't know if Apple doesn't know yet. And I don't think Apple knows yet. And bear in mind, too, we will know sometime before the car comes out because they have to submit it for emissions and safety tests. Yes, though Apple will do everything it can to obfuscate that trail. Uh, For instance, uh, Apple has already had, we, we know that Apple has worked with publicly owned testing grounds in California. And we know that because these because these facilities are either publicly owned, i.e. owned by the by a state or local government or partially owned by a quasi-governmental entity, paperwork involved with them is usually subject to Open Records Acts uh, or Open Records requirements. My point being that uh, that, that was one of the, the, one of the earliest leaks that we had about Apple uh, talking about getting space to, to, test, to test its car. Okay, Apple car. Obviously, I can't afford one unless, of course... You know, I win the $415 million in Powerball, which we'll know by the time the show is heard. If I'm the winner, I assure you I will set aside 
a couple hundred thousand for an Apple car. Otherwise, <laughs> not so much. It seems pretty reasonable. Let's look at some other stuff here, just briefly or not so briefly. And that is, some time back, all the talk about Apple introducing a subscription TV service kind of died. The only thing we have is Apple Music. Apple Music now standing at, what, 13 million members, but Spotify is growing by leaps and bounds and has 30 million. So the question is here, there are rumors that Apple is going to revise the interface and make other changes with Apple Music. What does Apple Music have to do in terms of the way it's set up to really, really soar? It doesn't seem to have grown as fast as one might have expected. I would kind of say the, the exact opposite, uh, Gene. Uh, I, think, uh, I think Apple Music has grown fabulously well, especially considering the mess that is the Apple Music interface. And that's the thing that's supposedly being reworked. And it wouldn't surprise me if we saw some of that at WWDC, which, is, which will be held in June. That's Apple's worldwide developer conference. Apple is going to be just as aware as me and you about the complaints concerning the interface for for that service. And and hopefully the, the, the team supposedly has a, a, a significant effort being made to make the interface be good. And I really hope that they can do that. Fixing Apple Music. What don't you like about Apple Music? Uh, you know, it's hard to navigate stuff. It's hard to, like, the connection stuff. The connection, uh, Apple Music Connection or Apple Connection, I forget what they call it. This is supposed to be a way for uh, artists to connect with me, the fan. So, you know, if, I, if, I, if I follow uh, um, follow a, a, a musician, a, a band, or a performer, um, I can get any kind of special content that they're uploading and uh, to me. And it's hard to find that stuff. It's hard to actually connect with people. It's hard to find the content once it's uh, once it's made. And worse, artists are complaining that it's hard for them to actually. They, they don't know who they're interacting with. They don't. They don't have uh, any stats. They're not given very much control over the content or um, uh, uh, you know any kind of understanding about uh, uh, who's actually. Um, Using it and, you know, how it's, it's, I mean, these things are just, these, all these things are a bit of a mess. And then there's confusion between music in iTunes, the iTunes store, and, um, uh, as well as, uh, uh, the difference between the music that's in the Apple Music. I don't know. The whole thing just seems to be kind of a mess. Okay. So a confusing interface, poor integration with iTunes. So Apple assuming, what is reported is correct, fixes a lot of these problems at the WWDC and maybe then uses that as an incentive to really push the service, advertise it heavily. Does that mean that they can bring memberships up to 20, 25 million by end of year? Um, by end of year? Nah, I don't know. 25 million by the end of the year? Maybe. Suppose if Apple Music was if, if the redesign was just some sort of huge success. I mean, thirteen million is nothing to sneeze at. I would Spotify imagine Spotify has thirty million, and that came Spotify's pretty quickly. Been the for last years. pardon, Spotify has been around for years, right? But they had twenty million when Apple Music came out, so they've grown by ten million in less than a year. Yeah, that's great. I, I don't, I don't think that that means that Apple Music is somehow losing. Apple had a lot to prove with Apple Music. Some of it, it did not prove. Some of it, it did. What it didn't prove is, is like I said, the stuff on the interface side. 
Um, you know, a- Apple has been providing interesting content, the kind of stuff that I don't think Spotify could ever do uh, in terms of like the uh, uh, Taylor Swift uh, uh, movie, for instance. And, and we know that there's some uh, original programming coming that's going to be tied to Apple Music. And we've already seen shows produced by Vice Magazine that is being offered specifically through Apple Music. So, I mean, Apple's doing a lot of really interesting things. Apple still has more to prove. And um, uh, I would imagine that 13 million subscribers is probably at or ahead of what Apple expected to be at this point. Apple Music and more with Brian Chaffin of the Mac Observer. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. My dad was 59 when he collapsed from a heart attack late last year. Just this past August was when we spread his ashes on the St. Croix River. I loved my dad, but boy was he stubborn. He hadn't been to the doctor in over 25 years. His excuse? He simply couldn't afford it. He wasn't a rich man by any means. At less than $107 per month, libertyoncall.org would have been the perfect alternative for my father. Don't wait. Go to libertyoncall.org right now for not just your sake, but for the sake of your loved ones. Again, that's libertyoncall.org. There's nothing more enticing and intoxicating than the finest meat cooking on an open flame. Freeze-dried meat from newharvest.com is U.S. grown, 100% all natural with no extra fillers. Just grass-fed beef and free-range chicken guaranteed to stay fresh and delicious. Add New Harvest freeze-dried meats to your current food storage. You'll buy direct from the factory, not a third party, ensuring the best price and the highest quality. See all our products at newharvestfoods.com. That's nuharvestfoods.com. Are you sneezing, coughing, and aching? Do you have a sore throat, a fever, or the sniffles? There's no reason to be sick this cold and flu season with immune system support from Supernatural Silver. Supernatural Silver can give your body the help it needs to fight off harmful pathogens without hurting beneficial gut flora and without leaving behind resistant bacteria. Antibiotics can damage good microflora and often leave behind bacteria, which can cause problems later on. If you're sick of being sick, Try Supernatural Silver. Supernatural Silver, the number one choice of thousands for a safe and effective way to protect against the many diseases and illnesses that we are facing today. Go to SupernaturalSilver.com, read our customer reviews, and see the life-changing results that people are having. That's SupernaturalSilver.com. SupernaturalSilver.com. Use the promo code PROTECTED for 20% off your entire order. And like us on Facebook. Supernatural Silver. This is it. For the first time ever on this station, U.S. government gold offered at cost for only $139 each. With Wall Street suffering its worst start to a trading year in history, now is especially the time to be paying attention to gold. This first time ever, U.S. legal tender government gold offered at cost for only $139 each is from the U.S. Money Reserve. Call them at 1-866-944-GOLD. Gold is on the move, so don't miss out. For the first time ever on this station, U.S. government gold offered at cost for only $139 each. 1-866-944-GOLD or online at usmoneyreserve.com. Ask for a free 55-page gold buyer's book. Plus, get a free Walking Liberty half dollar just for reading this must-have book. Get your free gold book, your free half dollar, but most importantly, get your gold at cost for only $139 per coin. 1-866-944-GOLD.
Dangerous blood clot device alert. If you or a loved one had an IVC filter placed to prevent blood clots from traveling to your heart or lungs and suffered an injury, you may be entitled to substantial financial compensation. The FDA warns that IVC filters may cause serious complications, such as heart or lung damage, internal bleeding, and even death. These dangerous blood clot devices can break and the metal fragments can travel to your heart or lungs causing serious injuries. If you or a loved one suffered organ damage or other injuries from an IVC filter, you may be entitled to substantial financial compensation. Act now. Time is limited to file a claim. For a free consultation and free information, call Injury Help Desk at 800-478-1507. 800-478-1507. 800-478-1507. This is an advertisement. Paid non-attorney spokesperson. InjuryHelpDesk.com is responsible for this advertisement. Principal Office, Las Vegas, Nevada. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl Live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. Now, I tried Apple Music for the 90 days. And then it reached a point where I wasn't really using it. And I said, you know what? I don't need to spend this money. I have other things that I could use that money for. So I let the membership lapse. Sure. I'm sure other people, it went either way. But now the question here with Apple Music is the degree to which Apple can differentiate, you know, having exclusive artists, which is fine if you care about that artist. But you have Spotify, which is the big player right now. Apple has to differentiate itself regularly and consistently. Of course, Apple has, what, a billion activated devices, So that gives them a chance to reach out to those customers in a better way to get more business. Yeah, I'm with you so far. In any case here, let's look further at Apple's services. So one of the things that's expected to be a big revenue generator is the fast growth of services. If growth is in double digits for several years, that becomes a tremendous profit center, doesn't it? Well, it's already a tremendous profit center for any company other than Apple. Apple's making a lot of money, a lot of money from services. I, I tell you, my my bigger fear there is that Apple starts focusing on that as a way to goose revenues as opposed to focusing on making great products. Uh, you know, one of the things that Steve Jobs talked about a lot was that if you make great products, uh, the profits will take care of themselves. And I guess one of the things I'm, I'm specifically concerned about is the story that the team that was working on improving discoverability in search in the App Store, that one of the things that they were working on is paid search results. And that could be a really good thing, could be a great marketing opportunity for small and large developers alike. Now, my worry is that it will actually just mean that large, well-financed developers will be able to claim even more of the revenues than they already do. That's that's kind of my worry. But maybe so it's, not. It's like buying revenue. For whom? For the companies who pay for the search. Well, yeah, it's like well, any kind of advertising is yeah. It's advertising. The issue is whether or not and we don't we don't know this by the way. All we know is that Apple has a team that's working on this. We don't know exactly what that team is doing. If Apple 
were to mix paid results in with natural search results, that to me would be a huge problem. I don't think Apple will do that. I think they would separate paid results from natural results like Google does with Google search engine, where the ads are clearly demarcated and separate from uh, the actual search engine results. Now, that sort of leaves aside out of the argument that Google being busted for goosing its own uh, results to favor its services over the competitors. That's another issue altogether. Well, the key is here, if paid search is separated, you look at the results, you know, these are paid ads. These are natural searches, search results. As long as the customer isn't confused, that's okay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. As long as long as Apple is being honest in the presentation, it, it like I said, it could be it just could be a wonderful thing. But it kind of part of this is it, it really depends on why Apple is doing this. Is Apple doing this because it will improve discoverability, or is Apple doing this because they realize they can make a, they can make more money from from app sales? If it's the former, I worry that we're on a slippery slope. If it's the latter, I worry about a slippery slope. But if it's the former, uh, I, that, that, that's a great reason to, um, to, to work on that kind of thing is you know, making the app store better, improving discoverability is a fantastic goal. And discover, discoverability, discovery within the app store is miserable. It's hard to find new apps. It's really, really hard. And in fact, discovery online for everybody is really, really hard. Amazon does probably a better job than everybody else, but it still stinks. So, you know, if Apple has a large team of really smart people working on improving discoverability, that could be a good thing. If they're doing it just so that they can make more money from app sales, that's just the wrong reason. And and I worry about the direction that could take uh, the company. All right. Paid search. So there's a story out now, Time Magazine, the 50 most influential gadgets of all time. And guess what? Five of those are from Apple. Yeah, 10% of the list. Okay, so we have the iPhone we expect, the Macintosh, the iPod, the iPad, and the iBook. Why the iBook? Because it was one of the first lower-cost consumer-level notebooks? No, you know, I, I also question the iBook um, inclusion. It didn't seem like – it certainly didn't seem like the iBook was more important than the Apple II. Uh, the reason why time – said they listed it was because it was the first notebook to have built-in Wi-Fi. Something we take for granted today, but it was novel, unheard of, unprecedented when Apple did it. It's like Apple, as usual, takes a new technology, releases it in a product, and suddenly everybody's doing it. Yeah, I I remember... um, uh, and to, to their great credit, they worked with me. But I remember Dell bragging that some PC, some some laptop that they were doing was the first laptop to have fit, to have built-in Wi-Fi, which was true, except, of course, that Apple had actually done it a year before. Um, <laughs> and to, like I said, to their credit, Dell's PR department worked with me mightily to clarify this. And, and what they finally decided was that uh, Michael Dell, who was the one who had made the comment, um, was talking about the first uh, PC. So, you know, whatever. Um, 
the iBook did change the game in terms of wireless connectivity. Nothing, no one else was doing it, especially in mobile devices, until Apple did it with the iBook. And, and for that reason, I, I can see why Time uh, uh, singled it out. Well, Michael Dell may not appreciate that. Probably not. Just interesting. Interesting. I didn't look at the other 45 to see what's interesting were. stuff on the list. The Kodak Brownie was on the list. That the, uh, I understand. Yeah. I mean, do, do that we, the Brownie is kind of like the camera from an iPhone today. It was a basic, it was a camera that anyone could get. And it, it was not expensive. It did its job. And lots of people had them. And today, your smartphone is the cheap camera because you already it, have it's it. It's true. I actually think that without the Brownie, we may not have had transistor radios because brownies let people, normal people, be creative, right? And be creative in ways that they had never been able to be creative before. And that sort of whet the appetite for individual expression, individual creativity, Um and uh, I, I, the Brownie's influence on our society as a whole, let alone on technology or gadgets, it probably is immeasurable. Um, you know, at the same time, they, 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 uh, they uh, named the Victrola record player, which RCA later uh, bought. Um, and that was a massively influential device. Um, the, I don't know. It's, it was, it, I thought it was a really, really interesting list. The, the 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 one thing that that makes me a little bit cranky is that the Apple II was overlooked, but uh, the IBM fifty one fifty, the original PC, that was included. I notice here the Sony Trinitron because it was one of the early color TV sets and always the best one. And I had a Sony Trinitron in the mid nineteen seventies. The Sony Walkman, especially. And probably more significant than the iPod, because this was the first of that sort of player, the the pocket player with the headphones. Mm -hmm. And Apple took it digital, but that was really the first otherwise. Very interesting. We've got more to come with Brian Schaffin. I'm Gene Steinberg. I'm the Tech Night Out Live. listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also print catalogs. Convert from so many 
formats, I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E soft.com. Bad news, Americans. You're probably stockpiling for a disaster all wrong. When the big one comes, you'll need more than that poisonous, over-salted survival food you now see everywhere. There are three vital things that your survival food is missing, and it's the first thing to disappear from grocery stores. Go to superfoodradio.com now to see my story of how I nearly died when I was forced to live on a popular survival food. That's superfoodradio.com, and I'll show you how everything you've been told about survival food is dead wrong. Go to superfoodradio.com now. Paid non-attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. So you've got to take a state construction license exam or certification. Can't decide on what books or what chapters to study? Discover right now how you can eliminate unnecessary books and wasted study time. At ContractorExam.com, our study materials zero in on state-required test topics in an effective, multiple-choice format. So whether you're a plumber, electrician, general contractor, or other construction-related trade, ContractorExam.com will help get you prepared. Visit us at www.ContractorExam.com today. This is a healthcare alert from the Pain Relief Hotline. If you, a family member, or a loved one suffers from knee, back, shoulder, or ankle pain and have Medicare as your primary insurance, we've got great news. You don't have to suffer any longer. You can immediately qualify for a pain relieving brace at little or no cost to you by calling our 24-7 Pain Relief Hotline at 866-389-0620. Delivery is free and all paperwork is handled for you. If you are on Medicare and have knee, back, shoulder, or ankle pain, don't wait. You can qualify to immediately receive a pain-relieving brace at little or no cost by calling our 24-7 pain hotline now at 866-389-0620. Our representatives are standing by 24-7 to take your call and rush you your pain-relieving brace at little or no cost to you. Shipping is free and all paperwork is handled for you. Just call 866-389-0620. That's 866-389-0620. Again, 866-389-0620. We all have heard about the benefits of fish oils, but what about the presence of heavy metals, PCBs, dioxins, furans, and other contaminants found in fatty tissues of fish? GCNteam.com recognizes this risk and offers IFOS certified tested omega-3 fatty acids. EPA, DHA insist on IFOS omega-3 fatty acid certification. Get the best at GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. One more segment with Brian Chaffin of the Mac Observer. 
And we're looking at the 50 best products from Tech Gadgets. And I'm looking at the various ones like a Philips VCR in 1972. And this was before we had beta and VHS. Okay. The Canon Pocketronic Calculator. And I remember when I had a small business for myself and we all had pocket calculators. I remember that. I remember also the U.S. Robotics Sportster 56K modem. I had one. Okay. And of course, my favorite, because whenever you consider one of the best keyboards out there, you know, like the one I thought was like the best typing environment. And I expect that a lot of the clickety-clackety computer keyboards were fashioned after it. And that was an IBM Selectric. Did you have one? I did not have an IBM Selectric. Uh, my um, mother did. Now, is that true? Did she, did she have it? What was the other big brand? What was the long-standing brand for typewriters? Well, SEM had a lot of electronic typewriters brother. in the 1980s, and I had one of those also. I'm thinking a brother. She, I think she had a brother. No, I never, I never owned my own typewriter at all, but there was always one in the house because uh, my mother actually... Uh, uh, did side work as a, a typist back when that was a thing. If you're listening to this and and you're young, this may astound you. People would be paid 80 cents a, a dollar a page to type up someone's dissertation or some other important paper so that they could then turn in the only copy in existence on the planet, you know, all typed up on, on paper. And if you would miss a word, you'd have to uh, go, go and do it again because uh, whiteout wasn't allowed usually for most things. Well, that way I would really fail very quickly. No whiteout couldn't do it. If this all sounds really weird to you, seriously talk to your parents or grandparents because um, you have no idea how good you got it. Now, to show you how old I am, I still use a keyboard on my Mac that owes something to those electric typewriter keyboards. It's from Matthias. It's a Laptop Pro, which is kind of a smaller version of the Quiet Pro and has traditional mechanical key switches. And the closest equivalent would be to the original IBM Selectric. Okay. Obviously, you don't know about any of this. Keystroke is a very, very personal thing. I, I'm a big fan of uh, the uh, Apple Extended Keyboard 2. Uh, I use one of those for years. Uh, and, uh, you know, the, the, the throw of a key, the feel of a T, the mechanism of the key, that's a very personal thing to a lot of people. You see, most people just take what they get. I've always yeah. had a love-hate relationship with Apple keyboards. The extended keyboard, too, was my favorite. The original extended keyboard, I did not like as much. And I kept it for a long time. As a matter of fact, after Apple went USB, I got a USB adapter for my extended keyboard, too. As a matter of fact, I may still have one in a storage shed. I saw it some time ago. I may still have it. I will look and see. I stockpiled them for years, actually. And, and made sure I had a good supply of uh, ADC to USB adapters as well. Uh, I eventually gave up the ghost, though, and uh, switched to Apple's aluminum keyboard, the full one with the keypad. Eh, not nuts about that. Actually, it's funny. I like the Magic Keyboard better than the Apple wireless aluminum keyboard. Why? I don't know. Hmm. But I hate the keyboard for the iPad Pro. I hate both of them. I think the smaller keyboard's better because I do not have the problem of constantly missing the space bar. 
which I do on the one for the 12.9-inch iPad Pro. And I wonder why can't Apple craft the feel of one of its regular keyboards in one of these things? Because it just feels not right. Fair enough. I don't know. Just have to wonder about that. So much for keyboards. Eventually, we won't need it. How quaint, I know. Scotty said, in Star Trek IV The Voyage Home, directed by the late Leonard Nimoy. Because he thought that he could talk into the mouse. Yes. Computer! Yes, yes. And guess what? He had to use a traditional mouse and keyboard, but he could type pretty fast. So Scotty must have had some interesting traits there that we didn't know. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? It is. That was, it was a funny gag. It was a funny gag. One of the early examples of product placement from Apple. Hmm. No, Apple doesn't do product placement, though. Well, you see Macs constantly in use on movie yeah, I, sets. I know. Apple does provide Macs, but Apple doesn't pay for it. I like the one where in the original Independence Day, yeah, that Jeff Goldblum was using a power book. But unfortunately, it was one of the most effective power books ever from the mid-1990s. This mm-hmm. is the one he used to connect wirelessly before we had Wi-Fi. No, 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 no. He actually connected it physically. Not to the alien computer, he didn't. He, he did. That was It's one of the, one of the things that, that, that geeks like to make fun of. All right, Hal, go back to the scene. How did he connect that computer to the alien computer system? Uh, they glossed over that, but it was, um, yeah, I mean, the thing you weren't supposed to think about was why in the heck the aliens would have any kind of interface that would actually plug into a power book. You weren't supposed to think about that. Remember that? I don't know what they're going to do about the new Independence Day that's coming out this summer, but Jeff Goldblum is in that too. Hmm. So was he going to do it now with his iPhone? (laughs) Maybe, maybe, yeah, but you know the, the 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 point here is that Apple doesn't pay for that placement. I say placement even if it's free because you do have something there. I'm sure that when you see on a lot of different TV shows a Microsoft surface that Microsoft wrote a check. Yes, absolutely. And yeah, a lot of companies do pay for placement. Uh, that is becoming a form of native advertising uh, in TV shows to uh, fight uh commercial skipping but apple is not one of those companies at least apple has heretofore not been one of those companies it also helps to fight high production costs for tv shows because remember now the average audience for a tv show today on a major broadcast network can be what two-thirds or a half what it was five ten years ago sure you know let alone if you go back to the to the days when um when there were three networks you know, a show could get 30, 40 million viewers. Now, the highest rated TV drama, which is NCIS, is what, about 15 million a week, plus the increase for DVR. And that's really high. A lot of the TV shows are anywhere from three to six million. Right. How that's changed. Yeah, I think Gill- Gilligan's Islands had um, like ratings that TV shows would just kill for today, looking for numbers. Uh, they were pulling in, um, oh, I can't find it, but anyway, the, yeah, rating, ratings are an interesting thing and they certainly change, uh, 13 million, 13 million households from 1964 to 65. 
Well, and NCIS is doing better now, but this is 2016. We have more people and more people with TV sets. Brian Chaffin, please tell our listeners where they can look and find the stuff that you do. I am at MacObserver.com, where I'm the editor-in-chief. You can find my personal blog at GeekTells.com. That's T-E-L-L-S. And I'm TM O'Brien on Twitter. We'll look for you, and we'll annoy the heck out of you. Excellent. On Twitter, we are Tech Night Owl. Look for Tech Night Owl on Twitter. Look for Gene Steinberg on Facebook, the guy with the red plaid shirt. Don't ask me how I photoshopped that one. More than likely, he's me. We've got another radio show about UFOs and things that go bump in the night called The Paracast. And this week we'll talk to a woman named Erica Lukes, who has a Project Orange dedicated to researching sightings of clusters of orange-red orbs, fireballs, weird stuff. Go to Paracast.com. That's Paracast.com. Please check Tech Night Out Plus. This is the best way for you, dear listener, to support the show. We offer an enhanced version of this show, free of the network ads, higher quality audio for a modest subscription rate. Check out the particulars, plus.technightowl.com, plus.technightowl.com. Brian Chaffin, thank you for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. Thanks for having me, Gene. It's always a pleasure. The Tech Night Owl Live is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. We'll be back next week. Same bat time, same bat channel.